president. Mr. President. Mr. President. Your president. My president. This is President Michael J. Higgins, and I'm listening to Tales from the East End. Shall I compare thee to Shamrock Rovers? You're out there somewhere, Beer Baron, and I'll find you. No, you won't. Yes, I will. I also gamble like a degenerate. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Whiskey's too rough, champagne costs too much. Vodka puts my mouth in gear This little refrain should help me explain As a matter of fact, I like beer He likes beer My wife often frowns when we're out on the town Welcome to Tesla East Town 186 and it's me, Gary P Of course, the prof, Carl It's like the bar, throw your membership in the... Oh shit, we record? <laughs> yeah, that was a... Uh, that was... A little bit of a snippet from Prof earlier on ranting. I don't think are we even gonna cover that? It's at the end of the show. Right. I've deliberately put it there. Yeah. It needs to be at the end. Yeah, I think so. Probably the best bet. So we're gonna talk about our sponsors, Lancer Credit. Of course. Why? Our Lancer Credit, our sponsors Prof. Because they got you back. And Except also for the Tifty's hotline. <laughs> they do not have you back. <laughs> we've also let you as well, of course. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh yeah, we've a bit of we've a bit of a beef, bit of beef with Lancer Credit. Um, of course, Ocean Electrical, who are forever looking after us as well, great guys. Um, and we've another sponsor, Prof. Oh, Green Ribbon Pilsner. You're five, sponsored by your own beer. Five point five percent of smooth golden liquid. Was, How much are you paying yourself? Um, self love and self love. <laughs> it was. Um, we'll talk about the. The launch in a while, but it's uh, it's actually a gorgeous beer. It's delicious. It's sold in four provinces, so check it out. And this week we are gonna talk about our triumph in the Michael D Trophy Ball. Can we just talk about the medal? Oh, it's his face. It's beautiful. It's a picture of Michael D Higgins. It's I I want one, girl. I want one so bad. I was looking at it. I was like, this needs to be on my chest <laughs> for for life. This needs to be adorned across your hairy chest, wearing a a flowery t-shirt opened up to the very bottom surely that is more coveted than the league trophy itself Um, I, I couldn't believe what I saw I was like <laughs> it actually has pictures of them on it um, yeah so we have another edition of the Tifties Hotline and we have five-ish questions to put to Rowers fans on a variety of topics and uh, I was happy enough I was very happy with them Prof will answer ours as we go along but um, they really provoke uh, conversation these ones so really interested in hearing the feedback um, especially with the feedback as well with Baz Baz was brilliant a really really good insight memory man bit of a memory man he remembered everything you put to him he did everything with a, with some dialogue as well so it was nice for him to kind of go back and forth with you on everything you proposed to him 
most footballers they the details do let them down in some mm. in some places. Not bad. Now he remembered. He knew about finishes. He knew about certain the way balls bobbled, like t- moments in games and stuff. It was really really interesting. I think he even described the podge goal from two thousand six. Yeah, glancing header from yeah. the open Harps Park. Was, yeah, whipped in from the right. It was great to hear. Yeah, no, no, good, good to hear from Baz, and like we said last week, good to hear his side of the story. Uh, because I think you know, because he went to balls, I think a lot of people assumed that oh well, Michael Neal was probably right because he he went to balls, but it's good to hear that side of the story. And uh, just a side note, nothing to do with that interview, but footballers and cats scare very much in the news recently. That's I know, all, I know. That's yeah. all I'll Team say. Zuma. That. That's Team Cordzuma. But when I was googling the picture for for Baz to to use as the as the photo on SoundCloud, uh, what came up? A picture that I did remember when it, once I saw it, it, it jogged the memory. Hmm. Barry Murphy chasing a black cat at Richmond Park. Oh, I don't remember that one because it ran on the pitch, and uh, so it's still there on Sports File. Uh, yeah, chasing. Oh, I didn't se- remember that seven one. Seven years bad luck, which nearly happened. We didn't win a trophy for six years after that. Profit of superstitions, what? Um, and of course we have Keto Murray he is up to episode 150 in his 50s start from scratch project uh, that's ridiculous but did he not only start that a few weeks ago I I think it might be on loop did he it just not sleep no I don't know he, had a lot. he said he had a lot of work so that could be 8 hours a day like you don't know it could be continuous yeah, some of the shows on their own are 4 hours I don't know he's up to 150 he's doing well he uh-huh. said uh, some change, so I'm guessing that's a compliment. Yeah, he said some difference between the start and now, I'd imagine so. And just in reference to last week's show, Gar, remember we were joking about how there was only one sub in Galway, so you and the lads were thinking, well, we might, maybe we should have brought our boots, might get a game here. Brads will throw us on. And then sure enough, I get a voice now from Jim Conroy saying, I heard you talk about that, and you know what? There was a fan called Robbie Murphy in the 80s in Kildare Jim reckons it happens and he actually came off the bench for the four in a row team during a friendly he came on and played alongside the lo- the likes of Pat Byrne so a Rovers fan Robbie Murphy actually played one game for Rovers and he's always reminded about it he's still going in the West End today this if Robbie if you're listening get in touch with us we'd love to have a chat about it this would be would be unbelievable. Imagine coming on in a friendly in, in Tala for 10 minutes. <laughs> Stick me up front there. Scoring into the south stand. Into an empty south stand. But that would be fucking great. And uh, I'll still hold out. It doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter when it comes to that. You can throw you on any any friendly. I'm, uh, I'll be only one up. But Mick Hearns, the whack. Started to go for me to pay the club's 5k fine. Slowly building up. So check out. Made a strong um, start, didn't it? Kind of slowed down a bit then, but uh, yeah, cool idea. Uh, a lot of people we know have done it, do it, and it's still there now. So, throw a few quid if you can, yeah. Yeah, so we find them online and uh, donate a few quid if you can. So, Shamrock Rovers gouge fans for more money. I fucking hate tabloids, man. I hate rags. Do you know what the other headline was? That's shocking. League of Ireland fans frustrated over premium prices for One some Rovers home games. League of Ireland fan who they couldn't find a Rovers fan to talk to, so they made one up. I think he was a Shells guy, was he? No, some Darren Clearly, I think they said his name was. He's made up, he's not real. <laughs> and uh, so Shamrock Rovers gouge fans for more money. This is crazy. A crazy thing to say. Listen, ticket increases happen. I think 20 quid to go and see Rovers versus Dundalk or Pats. Why not? 
surely it encourages to look at another option then and go, well, do you know what, the season ticket. I can save 190 quid here on home games if I get a season ticket for myself. Well, that's obviously the idea, to push people to order a season go. ticket, which I is great value, so everybody wins, but... Uh, yeah, so it was about to change to the category A and B ticketing prices, and so this Darren fella called into Lunchtime Live, and can I ask you something, is, is optics the new buzzword? Because never heard the word optics used. Scope is another one for me. So many times in a segment. <laughs> Just referring to the timing of this and the pandemic and the Mr. Sir Darren claimed it was all wrong. And then a Roberts fan called in and sort of agreed with him but admitted that the season ticket prices were good. Did Darren uh, say where he's from? No. Probably another imaginary place like Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think of all the good publicity we've had in the last couple of years. All the good news, the sellouts... The, the 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 initiatives we've done in the community, no interest. These sort of media will they pop their head in when the likes of Milan come to town, but but that's it. Yep. But then you get something like this, and they they actually reached out to the Pride of Rings End, who turned them down. Sensationally turned them down as yeah, well. Yeah, they called it a lazy, sensationalist lunchtime conversation. <laughs> was Absolute knockout. Beautifully put. Uh, Alan, that that was the Rowers fam. Not sure who that was, but. Uh, he said something that just floored me. It was so ridiculous. He go goes, on. casual fans, now they'll pick and choose the games they go to. Isn't that the definition of a casual fan? They already do! Like, what's the story? It's ridiculous. But, like, 20 quid to come in and see the champions in a really good stadium. Like, fair enough. Um, maybe you might think the timing is wrong for an increase in price tickets and the categorise them, but I... I I mean, come on! Look what you're look what you're getting in to see. I think it's I think it's okay. I I don't have an issue with it, to be honest. I know you've been to you and some of the guys have been to games like uh, Rome and, and Italy and Germany and stuff. I don't. Is this done a lot in Europe? This category A and B. Uh, oh yeah, I've seen it done. I've seen the structure in and around Europe. Yeah, it will be, mm. and it's not that big of a deal in my opinion. I think it's done already. We we're not the first ones to do it. I guarantee you, we're not the first ones to do it. Someone else has done this in the league before. No, so, uh, so, I saw someone on Twitter said Limerick actually did this in 2018. Yeah, someone definitely did it Nobody before. Nobody brought that up. The dark obviously cherished 20 into the, the stand. Mm. Uh, one thing that was mentioned as well was the repercussions of, you know, Bowes now are going to charge us 20 euro uh, to get into Danny Mills. One less but, point is the way I see it. I'll leave the hut early and I'll gladly pay the five or extra. But... Uh, w- Airball is allowed to raise away tickets of a match and not home tickets. I don't think they are. Oh, I don't know. So they would have to charge 20 euro to their own fans as well. Just to get the 20 out of us? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm not I too re- sure I, the ins and outs. I you could be right that being with the case. But in the case of Bowes, uh, <laughs> most of their stand is season ticket holders, isn't it? So yeah. maybe it wouldn't affect There them. wouldn't be that much of a cash influx there because of the... Hmm fact that it's condemned most of the stadium but there was a post on Facebook comparing season ticket comparisons for uh, kids and you, you were kind of pointing out look at the Bowes ones compared to us yeah I didn't even point out that I think the Dundalk ones first I saw were 90 quid I paid 50 quid for my two kids now I have three kids but one of them isn't too interested she doesn't want to go so if she does want to go I'll p- ha- gladly pay the admission price it's no problem um, 50 quid for two season tickets for the whole season like yeah, like seriously, it's get that is for nothing. 
What is that? that? That's like a euro something per match. One something per match to go in and, and experience that in the south stand. You can't go wrong with that. Like for all the for all the increases and the way people give out about our own club, that's that's brilliant. That ticketing is amazing. That's going to get more and more people in, more and more kids mm. in, and. I, I totally agree with it I think it's brilliant 50 quid for for the whole season who who was 95 uh, I think the most expensive one was Bose 130 I mixed them up Bose 130 yeah. Dundalk's 95 and I thought that was Bose yeah so I mixed up the two prices but 130 for a kids it's a kids season ticket it's crazy money Um. yeah we have Gar Brennan friend of the show he said if you want to eat in a Michelin star restaurant you pay the going rate if you want to watch the best football side in the best stadium in the country you pay the going rate if you don't want to fuck off I agree and fair enough not everybody's in the same financial situation and it might affect you ultimately but this is the way the club is going I think it's it's, it's in a progressive manner we're doing a lot of good things off the pitch on the pitch and I think a slight increase in ticket prices to categorise them Mm is a good thing considering we're reducing our season ticket prices as well so it's all about looking at that 20 quid into Dundalk and thinking oh, I don't know about that I wouldn't mind going to a couple more games you have the option to actually go to every game you can pay the extra fiver and get your kid a ticket and then get yourself a season ticket you know what I mean you're saving money either way someone actually posted on Facebook oh I can't go to every home game now <laughs> like what, were you, what did you say? If only there was some sort of <laughs> ticket that they made up where you can buy at a cheaper rate just to go to every game. I, I'm texting Winston. I was like, "That was that you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the season ticket, it's great value. Even Or even the 20 euro, if you're picking and choosing. It's great value for the entertainment on offer. Yeah. Like, I have a stat later on about how we had no scarless draws last season. Now, if this increase happened under Fenton, I'd be out there picking them myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. But I think if in the grander scheme of things, when you look at it, it's twenty quid to go in and see some like the best team you've seen in the dec- in the last decade. If you want to put it in perspective, but you don't like the, maybe the casuals don't know that, and they're looking at it thinking, oh, why should I pay that? Like I think if you're really, really gonna give out about paying twenty quid in to see a game of football under the lights in a f- modern stadium, football's not for you. Maybe fuck off and go watch the cricket. Mm. Or, you know, something like that. It's it's just not for you if you're really going to give out about having all that surrounding you and considering what, what's on offer. That's what I think. 100%. And then Mark Lynch called in and, my God, he just killed the issue dead. He buried it so far beneath the earth, <laughs> the presenter couldn't even see the issue anymore. What, what, what were we talking about? <laughs> and as people were saying, I mean... The ticket, the prices have been the same for 20 years, basically since the Euro came in. Yep. So we haven't raised prices since we were using punts. Remember punts? Punts, yeah. Remember them? Well, it's been 15 euro for 20 years. Uh, we've spoken about the value of the season. It works out at 11 euro, 11 cent per game. It's the cheapest in the league. Yeah. As Mark pointed out, the cost actually went up from 17 euro to 20. I think the same people that are giving out about the 20 quid probably are fans of Eddie Hobbs. <laughs> yeah American compared it to the Leinster Rugby you know 25 to 50 euro compared to uh, any away game no like there is scales there's different levels but like I think how much were there's always banners all around Europe for away games in, in the Europa League where they're getting charged like 80 pound mm. into these stadiums so it is crazy amount of money but 20 no issue no issue I'm sure that. wasn't a post you see that post in the chat there a couple of weeks ago uh, the ferry over to Liverpool 
Where with the expert guide and the the, the one night stay and oh, all. what was it? Five fifty. Five hundred. A night stay. Quid. A night stay for five fifty and a ticket to a Liverpool game, and a guided tour. Did you ever get go and fuck off? Yeah, he's an expert though. Yeah, he's an expert but, uh, though. Yeah, the only thing, the only thing you could throw at us after everything we said there is, can people afford the season ticket price up front? Yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah, but the way the way I look at it is, now we're members and we we obviously that's part of the package. But if you if you really want it, if you really want it, and put your whole financial situation aside, like it's, let's say you have until I don't know, let's say you have up until Christmas, you've got possibly eleven months to put away. That one hundred and eighty. So like I used to talk about the membership being, what was it, twelve fifty a week? Cut out chicken rolls, cut out whatever else, make your own lunch. If you really want to save up for that season, take one hundred and eighty. You'll find a way. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll cut down yeah. on something. It's like an addiction. You'll find a way to do it. That's the way we see it. So. And even with that said, Mark pointed out that there's instalments options there. I didn't know we, that. Oh, sure, I didn't know, Bill. There's installment options for season tickets. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. That makes it even better. It makes it ten times better. What do you think about, in a related issue, the, we, we spoke about the LOI TV. There's no longer a season pass, so now you have to pay seven euro to watch each game. Did you hear the explanation for that? Apparently the clubs wanted this because and as to push the fans into the ground and not watch on TV. It's like the blackout in well, in uh, UK. Do you ever notice that somebody made a point online on Twitter recently talking about why they they don't know for the life of them why no more games are online or are, are televised in England, and it's a brilliant thing. They shouldn't be because it's pushing more mm. people into lower leagues. People aren't sitting around in a pub but watching the game at three o'clock. They're actually going to their own local games. Okay, I agree with that, but in specifically and the LOI fan base who's really going to, because they, what did they keep telling us last year they told us the figures were low remember yeah. your, the guy from RDE kept saying the figures were, weren't what they expected so yeah. we're not talking about high figures so you're actually talking about the overseas fans here are getting screwed so the overseas fan now has to pay 252 euro watch every to game. watch every game this season it's unfair so, really in a way mm. it is unfair like that's a lot of money yeah, it is. There's no, there's no dressing it up, but it's a, it's a lot of money. But it's it's hard to strike a balance with these things, prof. It really I, is. I, in in theory, I agree with the idea of we want all these fans on the ground, not watching the stream. Yeah. But how many are we talking about? I don't think we're talking about massive numbers. Yeah, no. Well, I'd love to see the numbers now, considering when the, the, we're back open. I'd love to see the numbers at the end of this season and see how many people actually watch the games because it's going to be low. It's that would actually be fascinating. Be interesting. I would it? love to see that. I would love to see the figures. They won't fucking show you them. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, we'll move on. Uh, we're talking about which potentially. Who said this, Prof? That could be Pico's last game for the club. A line in the media before the game. <sighs> don't like that. I actually don't know which paper this came from. It was raggy the way, Prof. But uh, like, what was that based on? Um, possibly Bradzer's quote saying that there's been interest. I know, but then Pico came out and said. There's been nothing concrete. Like, so, no like most newspaper headlines, they made it up. <laughs> Plus, is Pigo gonna do all the photo shoots and all the poses and the gifts and, and all that? Yeah, well, he'd be a professional then, up until the death, wouldn't he? That week. Yeah, he'd be a professional up until the very end. You have to be. Hmm. 
I don't, I don't know. It's a tricky one. I hope the Hobbit doesn't leave. If he left, actually, that would leave a bit of a gap. That's what kind of like... When You're f- going to have Sean Horst there. When the when the fans and the pundits and the experts keep talking about us, oh yeah, Sharava's best squad, they win three in a row. Yes, that's if our defence is as strong as it was. And we've no injuries or suspensions and horse like, hor- shaky. And even saying that, we spoke about him, he's good for a game to come in when someone's injured. He was exposed against Pats, realistically. He, he was shaky. He was the, the weak game. link. He was the shaky one there. Fair enough. First game back after a while. Needs to get some preseason into the legs and some competitive games. But he was the weak link and he was targeted. And that's where they ultimately did punish us. But, I don't know. I mean, like I said, take Pico out. Horse starts every game. Are we going to win the league with Horse starting every league, every league game? I'd actually start Cotter ahead of Horse. I'd put Cotter in a left centre back. Definitely. Totally agree with you. Put Grace in the middle and then Gannon on the right. There you go, Prof. There's also the matter of the transfer window being closed pretty much everywhere except stupid places. <laughs> Fucking New so, Zealand. Is he going to go to those places? I think he might go to the... Uh, what's the name of that New Zealand team? Auckland Buccaneers or something. Buccaneers. <laughs> what's the name of them? <laughs> New Zealand Templars. Oh, there's a fucking name. It'll come to me. Uh, Wellington. Wellington Phoenix. So we have the 50s hotline, Prof, and the questions this month are as follows. So as we go along, we will answer them ourselves. We'll call them all out for us, or we'll answer them as we go along. Call out question one, then we'll answer question one and so forth. Okay, so the 50s hotline. Predict the top three and the bottom two in the league this season, Prof. You can go first. Predict the top three. Yes, I think it will be the same top two as last year. So Rovers one, Pats two. I don't think... I think Derry will be our biggest challenger within the next couple of years, but perhaps not this season. I think Pats will still be strong. This is even before I thought this before the Presidents Cup. Yes, question marks over their defence, but uh, up front that's some serious firepower. Yeah. So I think Pats second. Yeah, Derry third. God knows what's going to happen between fourth and sixth. It's all over the shop. It's, I think you're going to look at Dundalk and Pats I think are going to sh- are going to battle that one out um, Very hard to predict where Dundalk will finish I'm going to go Rovers Dirty Pats I think that's pretty much the consensus what everybody else is saying I think Dundalk and Sligo are going to have a little ding dong there Dundalk are going to take a while to gel in my opinion um, I'm, I'm still struggling in between likes to draw the shells bows I don't know who's going to finish I don't want to put perhaps at, mm. in the in relegation playoff but they've lost that little machine in the middle coil to Shells. I think Shells will finish sixth or higher. Yeah, you think I so? I think they'll do just fine. Yeah, they'll be, yeah. I think draw it possibly. But, you know, considering who Harps lost, I'm going to have to put them in relegation playoffs. So UCD going down, Harps in the playoff, and they've lost their goals with Tunde. They've lost the little machine in the middle coil. They've, they've a bit of restructure to do, but I think they'll have enough to stay up. That's what I'm going to go with, Prof. And the bottom two... Uh, Nearly everybody I listen to is is picking UCD to be bottom, but Wheeling and Kerrigan. Yeah. The only thing is, if they lose them in the summer, I think they might start okay, but then if they were to lose those two, they could fade away. Then I think Myler is a very good manager. I I tend to predict teams on how good I think their manager is. I was just about to say that my next one would be possibly if I was to take out Harps, I'd probably put Draw to there. See, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm putting Draw at the bottom. At the bottom. Yeah. Woo-hoo! I don't. I just don't like the manager. Like the, 
I just I just don't think the style of football is going to be enough and the quality that they have is to keep them up um, yeah. yeah I think I agree with you on that one Prof might have to switch it up yeah I'm going to draw to the bottom UCD second last but I think Harps are going to be right down there because Oddie's made some wacky signings if those wacky signings do well <laughs> like Tunde did well yeah. you know if they have a couple of wacky signings that start knocking in goals and doing well it'd be interesting I wonder will Oddie's magic work this time like last year I thought they had a really good squad yeah. I thought they should have finished higher than they did and now they've lost Tunde so that's their best squad yeah. I think in living memory can you think of a better squad than they had last year with a better spine as well because Seymour's gone as well Seymour <laughs> um, uh, they've gotten Kosovar Sadiqi's gone yeah, I think he went to Canada so they have lost the guts of it but they've brought in some absolutely mental people so. <laughs> number two Prof oh no we have predict who will be 2022 Rovers player of the year top goal scorer assist maker who gets the most yellows okay tough one player of the year oh, I want to say Jack um, I will say Jack it's one of those if if we win the league you'd imagine Jack is going to be instrumental in that yeah it's going to be Jack it's going to be Jack and the top goal scorer that's an easy one for me I'm saying Gaff I'm going Gaff I'm going yeah. Gaff as well yeah I say Gaff um, assist maker it's between Jack and Watts isn't I'm it? hoping I'm going to say Watts I'm going to say Watts to go on to the next level again and get even better with Jack and the team now I know he could be pushed slightly to the side Think of set pieces as well, though. Jack will be on most of them, so... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go watch, just to change it up. Just to change it up. And, of course, Borky for most yellows. And he probably won't start it. <laughs> Everyone says Borky. No, I'm saying uh, whore most yellows. <laughs> we both have our legitimate reasons for that. Um, yeah, so I love, I love predictions. I love making predictions. I think they're great, crack. Favourite memory of a league opening game? Question number two. Um, I was thinking of this all the way over in the car and all throughout the week. And I don't really have any... Memories that stick out, but the one nil in the rain with Green, I was brilliant. Um, I was trying to think. Bray was the very first one of the, so that was a season opener. That was nil all when we first moved into Tala. Other than that, I can't really remember much else. There's nothing really that sticks out. Can you think of anything? Water for the well, way, maybe. That was what the two one water for the way. With yeah, the, or with the Oki goal. People's memories of opening league games in this hotline is just brutal. Probably oh, a reason for that. I'll get to that. Probably a reason for that. Well, I'll call out some, right? Uh, 2011, beat Dundalk 3-1. And 2012, we beat Drahada away. I, I'm quite fond of those two because Twiggy got a brace in both of them. So, it was Twiggy in his prime. What? Uh, 2013, Oriel Park in the wind and rain. Stephen Kenny's first game for Dundalk. That's going right at the bottom. What score was that? Nil-nil. Nil-nil. I think McKay missed Is that the Kenny. one I tried to convince you to go to and you wouldn't because you were dying sick? No, I did go. That's when you were doing sick for. It made me so sick I couldn't go to Linfield then. <laughs> That's the one I got you for. <laughs> oh yeah, you were doing for Linfield. And then you rang me from the war zone. My, uh, Adam Murphy took my ticket instead. And you're like, eh, Carl, it's probably a good thing you didn't come here. <laughs> Let's go now. Let's kick it off. For 2014, we had one on draw with Derry. Got last minute goal from Kilduff. Roddy was manager of Derry. 2015, I can't even remember. Actually. Well, uh, all 2015 was the Danny North win assisted goal. Oh, well, that's a good memory. That was good. Bard, the season was terrible, but that was that was a good goal. Brutal match. Jesus, terrible. 2016 win, 2-0 win Sligo. I think Fahey might have scored, or assist maybe. 
And then we're into into Brazil year. So Oriel Park, Berkey gets sent off, but we lose. Oh, tw- you remember that? Twenty eighteen Daily Mounts, we lose three one. Uh, then Waterford, the one you mentioned there, was it Ogie or was the Ogie? Okay, well, yeah, yeah. Eden Boyle till he yeah. came, flick off his inside of his instep. A few people picked Greener for the last minute winner in the That months. was brilliant, though. I was watching it uh, yesterday and just Joey with the one arm <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> I'm going to say because it, because it was an away trip and it was a last minute goal, I'm going to say Waterford. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. It was a good trip. Uh, what else we got Prof we're going to go number 3 preferred starting 11 this year and it's it's the same as my starting 11 it's going to be down the line so I'm going to go Manus Grace Pico Gannon Farouge on the left Finn on the right Gary O'Neill Watts in the middle Bourne Mandrew and Gaffney um, but the, I'm also leaving out Bork McCann Green Oidemo Tell Cavo Lyons all those players are left out Bork on his day when I when I got listening you'll hear it soon to uh, Mick Conroy's actual when he listed his hotline he speaks he goes in a different direction and I thought Bork would probably fit in there with a two up top but it's it's I'd love to see Bork in an alternative reality and two up front but I can't change this team and we can't change our system because it's so successful um, maybe Bork could play in a nine eventually but Gaffney's the main man for me there but how ready you fit anyone else in like can't that's nearly a whole like strong 11 you've left out there. yeah crazy We've just stopped recording there for a little while and now you have stared at our squad. So, so it doesn't sound like I'm copying Gar. I, I've actually tried to pick a different team and I can't. My, hard, I, I have the same 11. But I was trying to put in Green and Burke. Maybe Green could start some weeks ahead of Gaffney. Maybe Burke could get in ahead of Mandroyu. <laughs> but that at the moment, that is my preferred 11. Your one as well. But we know Mandroyu can have days off. We know sometimes he can mm. be ineffective, but we know how effective he can be as well. But to, mm. to sub off Mandrew, Mandroyu, for Bork is an amazing sub. You have Gary O'Neill with Zinedine uh, McCann. I mean, that, that that's a good sub. Mm. Last, towards the end of the season, it was a great sub. If you want to take Watts off, you've got Tell coming in, Oidemo coming in for a bit of pace, Lions for Finner. <sighs> Unbelievable. So the squad depth is outrageous, and it's... It's a solid enough team at the minute. I can't see much change to that, prof, with the two of us. But Hull Rovers, number four. Hull Rovers, the most successful export at club level be in the next five years. You have Bizunu, McAnef, Scales, Azefi. Bizunu, move on. Yeah, but notice I wrote in club level there. Because obviously Bizunu has achieved way more than them. He's going to go, go on, prof. But club level, like, it, in theory, he could sit on Man City's bench for the next five years. So True. it's... It's a, it's an interesting question. Yeah. Like scales could potentially achieve more than them at club level. Yeah, very much so. Like in the short term. domestics, yeah. silverware, like yeah. But but still, my answer is Pesuno. I mean, do you think maybe he'll sign off another Premier League team or go out on loan? Or I'm gonna say Newcastle. I've always said it. I don't know why. Why Newcastle? I don't know. It's just they've got money. He's a massive, massive prospect. Irish number one keeper. Like, do you want mm. an international keeper who is just turned to twenty years of age, only turned nineteen? He has a lot of caps. He's brilliant. He's proved himself at a couple of levels in England. Would you like to take a chance on him? Okay, yeah. How much? 25 million. There you go. Throw back to Shea Gibbon. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there you go. So I, I just, I don't know, something about it. I think it might have been Barney sticking it in my head. Yeah. Um, yeah, so UCD, good for the league. This is a this is a bit of a debate. You could go back and forth about this. You could say they've got good development. They've produced good players. But ultimately, they are 
a development club who focus on education and I think you can only get through into the club if you're going to have some sort of education with them it's good in that sense but in the traditional footballing sense with clubs fans they're not good for the league if you're talking about old school football and traditions they're not good for the league but if you're talking mm. about players progressing at a personal level they're good in that way maybe you could say they're good for the first division possibly yeah all yeah. round good for the first division but in the top flight there's always the yes but and then yeah. you talk about the fans yeah no I think there's a there's a lot of there's, a, there's definitely two sides to that story um and are there too many Dublin clubs in the top flight right now? This is one with another couple of dimensions to this question as well. You could come back and say that ultimately the league should be expanded to 16 teams. And you can have all these Dublin clubs in with all these um, Munster, Leinster, all these clubs. Think about how cool that would be. Think about if you brought the division together now and you put in like Waterford, Limerick, Cork. Go. Like it yeah. would be ideal if you could have a second division as well which isn't possibly feasible at the minute because you haven't got enough clubs. But imagine this was one big, let's say, how many teams we got? Ten now at the minute. Who could you add in? Cork, Limerick, Wexford. It'd be 19 Galway, now. Cove. Easily add in at least six. And you have a 32-game season. Trillie Dynamos. Trillie Dynamos for the crack. I mean, that would be the ideal scenario, really, and have some sort of second division because it's nothing without... Promotion relegation is it? Well, speaking as uh, as two people who love their away days, hundred percent. There's too many Dublin clubs. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't even like the side of it. A ten team league, five Dublin clubs, and uh, I don't care where shells and UCD are if they, if they're nearby your house or whatever. Now, the long, the longer the away trip, the better, the yeah. more fun. Plus, I just I like the I like the character and the history of these clubs like Waterford and. And Galway and Cork, you know, just it's more than more colourful. Mm, definitely, yeah, I totally agree with you. And just before we play the hotline, just a reminder to everyone: I'm not, I'm not targeting our listeners. I'm talking about like the likes of other podcasts who are probably doing similar segments to us this week, and they're giving out all their predictions. Just a reminder that literally every single League of Ireland person. In the country last season, predicted Dundalk in their top two, except for Tifties. No, we did. We knew. We seen it coming, didn't we? We did see it coming. Hashtag know your football, prof. Oh yeah. But we've a couple of we've thrown a couple of spanners in the works there. We've gone for drugs to struggle. We've gone for Rovers to win it. Um, Pat and Derry to compete for that coveted second spot, and then in the round there, it's gonna be a mishmash. So, uh, yeah, no, it'll be interesting enough to hear. So, here's the Tifties hotline. So, we have Con Murphy, Graham Gartland, the dynamic duo that is SRFC TV, Mick Conroy, and John Harper. So, here are the bullies. Hotline. Hello, Tifties hotline. This is Con Murphy here with um, my thoughts before the season. A few questions here. The top three in the Premier Division. Um, Shamrock Rovers, Derry, St. Pat's. Hard to know in what order, but I think, I mean, the bookies make Rovers strong favourites. I'm worried about um, Derry. I think the players they've brought in look very good. Um, And Pat's have some decent players as well, but probably a two-horse race between Shamrock Rovers and Derry, with Pat's um, in third. Bottom two, UCD and Finn Harps. 
I'd like Finn Harps to stay up because I love going to Bally Buffet. It's one of my favourite away trips. Um, so I hope they stay up. But I think UCD and Finn Harps will be the bottom two. The Shamrock Rovers Player of the Year for 2022. I'm going to announce it now. It's Jack Byrne. Top goal scorer. Going to take a punt on this one. I'm going to say Rovers' top scorer this season is going to be Idemo Omaku. If he's given game time, he will score goals. Um, the assist maker, top assists, could be Danny, could be Jack, could be Dylan Watts. But those players sliding through balls for Idemo Omaku to run on to with his pace and his finishing could be a really big season for the young fella. Most yellow cards, I'm not allowed, I'm told I'm not allowed, um, say it'll be Paggio. Um, so I'm going to go with most yellow cards for Ronan Finn. Um, and 75% of them will be for back chat with the uh, referees. But he is the captain, so that's allowed. Um, Favourite memory of a league opening game? Would ha- <coughs> There's a couple. And actually, I have a terrible memory, so I'm not sure if these were actually league opening games, but they were the first games. The first game, first night in Tala, is a night I'll never forget. Um, people who know me know that I like to get into the ground really early to just watch the atmosphere building up before kickoff. But that night, there was a do over in the... Um, Maldron across the road and it went on a bit and it was getting close to kickoff time and I remember looking over in the corner and Pauline Wilson um, was having a little cry in the corner um, obviously Jack missed that opening night and uh, that was a terrible sad uh, thing that Jack never got to see um, Tala Stadium and I, I wanted to go over and give her a hug but it was kind of a, a private moment for her um, but it just, again, it reinforced to me again how important it was for Rovers to have their own home. And, and it was such a special night. And we were up the back of the stand and all the seats were taken. No south stand in those days, no east stand, but still an amazing night in Tallah. So that one will go down in, in my memory as a very special opener. And of course, the Twig Meister did the business. Um, and that was the start of a another love affair. Um, but the first game in the RDS as well, again, I don't know if it was the opening game of the season. It was the first home game um, when Rovers played against St. Pat's. And um, we got a crowd of... I think it was over 22,000 um, for a league game, you know, at full prices, not not your 10 euro um, cup final prices. And and my dad had done a fair bit of work. He was on the board at the time in terms of promoting the game and stuff. And I think it was great that so many people turned up. It was just such a pity that it was such a shite match. And I'd say at least half of those people never came back again. But that was, um, it was still another really memorable one at the RDS. My preferred starting 11 for the season, <coughs> excuse me, um, Manus and Goal. Back five again, two wing backs, three at the back, um, right hand side. I'm going to go with Ronan Finn, um, but Andy Lyons will probably end up playing there a lot as well. Maybe they'll alternate a bit depending on the match, depending on fitness of players and stuff, but it's great to have two um, such good players to play on the right hand side. The back three then. Either Sean Hoare or Gannon, uh, one of those two, again, depending on fitness and form. Uh, Pico is a no-brainer. Uh, Lee Grace will start if he's fit. And left wing back, uh, again, if he gets uh, back to full fitness, Sean Kavanagh is still really good there, although Cotter. I mean, Cotter could play on the right-hand side. Lions could play on the left. Who knows? Um, there, there is that possibility. But... Um, there's you know plenty of players to choose from there, even with the loss of um, Joey O'Brien. You know, still looking good at the back. Uh, a midfield four of O'Neill, Mandroyu, 
Jack Byrne and Ferrugia. And I'm going to go with Amaku up front again. I, I just want to see him get game time this season. Um, and I think it's important. The age profile of the squad is fairly, uh, you know, late 20s, early 30s. And I think it does need an injection of some uh, youth. And I think Amaku might be the man to, to do that. Um, we'll see. Speaking of youth, the most successful export in the next five years, uh, Gavin Bazuno, Aaron McInef, Liam Scales or Kevin Zeffi. I think for me, it's got to be Pazuno. He's already done it on the international stage. He's he's going to get a bigger club soon. Um, if it's not Man City, I think he's still going to end up playing at a very big club. Um, but great to see, you know, Liam already getting game time at Celtic. Zeffi, I think, is... I only saw him a couple of times, but he looks very exciting. And um, McInef, you know, he's always going to be hugely popular with Rovers fans. But I think in terms of a most successful export, Bazunu, even financially for the club, has has been a, a gold mine. So it's great. Are UCD good enough for the league? I think... Are they good for the league? I've mixed feelings about UCD because they're only up the road from me and I, I end up going to a lot of their matches and it's a nice place to go on a Friday night, but not too many people seem to agree with me because the crowds are always very small. They're, look, uh, probably the answer to the question is no, but having said that, they're an amazing nursery club. When you look at the players who've come through from UCD down through the years, I mean, Rovers have benefited big time and, you know, UCD are going to lose more players now this summer, mid-season, um, the likes of Colin Whelan and Liam Kerrigan. Um, I think the green and white hoops would really suit Colin Whelan. In fact, he, he would score a lot of goals. So, um, so the answer to the question is probably no, but I do love going there and I, they're, they're really nice people and it's, it's handy for me because it's only up the road. Um, but in the overall scheme of things, you know, I wish they had bigger crowds. Um, and are there too many Dublin clubs in the top flight? The answer to that question is simply yes. Um, I want to see Cork back up. I want to see Galway back up. That's another brilliant away trip. Uh, I'd like to see Athlone back in the top division as well. Um, I mean, they have a great history down through the years. So, yeah, uh, we do need a more national spread and hopefully either Cork or Galway will um, come back up next season. So that's it uh, for the start of this season. Really looking forward to the uh, LOI TV coverage of the games and, of course, uh, packed houses at, at uh, Tala throughout the season. Fingers crossed, anyway. And my LOI TV co-com, who, by the way, knows much more about football than me, is Graham Gartland. Graham Gartland here from Shamrock Rovers TV. Thanks for the introduction, Con. Here we go. Um, my top three this year, I would go Rovers, Derry... And I think it's going to be a toss-up between Pats and Dundalk. I think they're going to fight it out for fourth place. With all the history they have and the fact that they've taken a manager and swapped players and all them things. So I think it, they're probably going to see each other off between Tord and Fort and battle it out there. Um, player of the year. I will go for Lopez because I actually really just like watching Pico play. And he's one of my favourite players that I've seen. So I'll go with Lopez because of that. Top goal scorer, I'm going to go with Danny Mandroyu from midfield again. The way Rovers set up to play, a lot of goals will come from midfield line. And I'll go with him. The assist maker. I think with Jack taking over, maybe set piece, set pieces. Um, and Dylan Watts maybe not taking as many free kicks, which he got a few assists from. I'd have to go with Jack... Um, on that one because I think you'll be you'll go on to all the, the the free kicks in the corners. So I'm gonna go with Jack on that. Most yellow cards I'll go with Lee Grace. Um just because I think defenders should be getting yellow cards. Um 
favourite memory of an opening game. It's weird. I don't really have many. Um, probably the opening game of when I played it from me from a personal point of view when I pl- made my debut in the SPL for St. Johnson. Um, I managed to score, which was really good because my first six months were really tough there and I didn't know if I was going to stay so that would be my opening day memory which isn't Rovers related but just picks me up a little bit um, gives a look starting 11 that's a tough one I don't think that's I don't think it's appropriate to answer that I think Stephen has put together and the club have put together a fantastic squad and to pick 11 out of that um, I think it's gone to the stage where you have such a strong squad that anyone that plays it's going to make an impact, so um, that's a tough one to answer. In terms of the players that are going to make a big impact, I, th- I think Liam Scales has come in and done really well since he's gone in at Celtic, especially considering how well they are doing. I think Zeffi's settled well. Aaron's probably struggling for a bit of game time at Hearts at the minute. I think Gavin's going to go from strength to strength. He's already a full international. Um, he'll probably next in the summer they'll probably move up and to get a loan move in the championship or maybe a, a premiership team in the bottom half with the way he's playing or they could look even at maybe going in, into the European market with the exposure that the Ireland game has given him um, so I think like I said to you Sefi's probably a little bit away from making the breakthrough at Milan so it'll probably be Scales Liam and, and Gavin really for that one a UCD UCD are good for the league in different ways and and what I mean by that is the model is great, they just have no fans behind it so so it's a very hard thing for them to do it, it, you know, to amalgamate the fact that they're doing education with football um, is fantastic um, and it's something that the, that hybrid model, model approach is great for the young players to, so that they're coming out with an education but they're also able to play professional football it's just it's very hard because there's no fans, no atmosphere at the ground, um, but they do produce a lot of players. So um, I don't think they're good for the top division. I think they're very. I think they're really good for the first division and and leagues below that. So that's a that's a very it's a tough one because it's very hard to say that they're not good considering the amount of players they produce. Um, so from that point of view, I would uh, I'd sit on the fence. As you do. Yeah, regarding the Dublin clubs, I do feel there is too many uh, clubs competing in Dublin, especially in the, at the top flight, and, and we could do with a, a more dispersed league. Um, with the Dublin clubs and the, the amount of games that you play against each other each season, I think familiarity breeds content. So I would like to see more clubs on the outskirts. Um, having played for clubs who, who, a couple of clubs who aren't inside Dublin, I know how much their clubs mean to each town. But I also know how much the Dublin clubs mean to their communities and the people that support them. So to fix that problem, I don't know. Um, but at the moment, I do feel there's too many uh, clubs in, in Dublin already. All right. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Hiya, Carl. McConroy here. Top three. I think Rovers definite. The squad we have, the quality of the squad. Uh, number two. Derry City with the players they've signed and the financial backing they could be a real threat depends on how well the team settles in the third spot very open I thought Pats were good the other night Sligo pretty good 
the likes of Bowles. Hard to know. They've signed a few again. Um, but in the end, I think it'll be Pat. And the bottom three, or the bottom two, sorry, will be... I don't know, UCD normally stay up when they come up for one year at least. I think, will Ollie do it again with Harps? I'll go for Drada and Harps. Uh, our player of the year, 2022. I think Jack will probably do it again. He's just so good. Goal scorer. I'll go with Mandrew. Or maybe Gafty. I'll go with Mandrew. Assists. Jack. Maybe Dylan Watts, but I think Jack. And most yellows, not Brokey, the usual. Um, outstanding first games. To be honest, I don't remember first games that much, but in recent years, that late goal by Aaron Green against Balls and Daily Mount was special. Yeah, the hard question now. The starting 11. We've got such a strong squad. I'm gonna look at it again, and sorry for player. Or sorry about players I left out. There's only one man anyway in goal, Alan Manus. I'm gonna go old-fashioned, and go four-four-two. And I'll go with. Now we're assuming all players are fit in the squad. I'd go with Sean Gannon, Pico, Grace, and Sean Cabinet if he's fit. Terrific player, but we haven't seen half enough of him. <sighs> the midfield, nearly impossible to pick. You have to put in Jack. With Gary O'Neill as the kind of holding midfielder. Uh, Ferruja maybe. On the left. And Ronan on the right. And up front, starting. Mandrew and Brooke. But we've such a strong squad. You could change any of those players nearly. Um, so that's it there. UCD, or who are Rovers' most successful player? Um, I think it has to be Gav. He's got the profile, he's playing extremely well, he's at a big club, he's been noticed everywhere. He probably hit a, a dodgy patch, but he's. He's a fantastic keeper and he has a great profile. Um, Liam Scales, excellent player. He's in a good Celtic team. Getting in is the thing, but he's good enough to get in. He'll do very well. Aaron McIniff seems to have stalled a little, not getting in at Hearts as much as he should. He'll do all right. Though, you know, he, a move might happen there. Don't know enough about Kevin Zeffi, but some mail from him. But uh, I think it has to be Baz. Or not. Um, and uh, are UCD good for the league? I might be in a minority here, but I think they're a great club. Um, fortunately, they don't get more support. But they um, produce... They produce extremely good players with great attitude. Um, perfectly ready for for professional football we've done extremely well out of them just a club i like they do things the correct way um 
are there too many clubs in the top flight in Dublin now? There are, but what can you do? Um, they're stepping up at the moment. Sometimes there's more provincial clubs. It's a terrible shame to see no Premier team in uh, Munster. You know, it's hard hard to believe Cork haven't got a Premier team. Limerick, Waterford. I'd like to see them three back up some way. Um, it makes it harder for a Dublin team to win the league genuinely because of the every game is intense in those derbies. There's none none that you feel is gonna be easy. But uh, is there too many teams? There probably is. Hey lads, John Harper here, aka Harpo JJ, bearing no resemblance to any ex Bowls players. My predictions for the league standings then will be Rovers to win it again, um, followed by Derry and then close one between Dundalk and Pats. And unfortunately, the last two will be Harps and UCD. UCD to be relegated. Harps second last. Predictions for Rovers Player of the Year for 2022 would be Jack Bourne. Um, I have Gaffney as top goal scorer and Bourne for top assists and Sean Gannon for the top yellow cards. Favourite opening game memory, I'd say, was probably the 2006 first uh, division game against Dundalk and Tolkien, unfortunately. Uh, after the heartbreak of the previous ending of the season um, and the whole gas situation, uh, just that first day just felt like we'll never die, we'll never die. My preferred starting 11 uh, will be Manus, Ferruja, Grace, Lopez, Gannon and Cotter. Then Finn Bourne and Watts in the middle with uh, Mandy and Gaffney up front. Rovers' most successful export um, in the next five years has got to be Gavin. Uh, love the guy. Fucking gives me a hard on, I think, to be honest. Um, great chap. I remember speaking to him when he was nobody. Just a kid sitting beside me in the stand watching the first time. And kid knew everything about every position. Couldn't believe his football knowledge for such a young guy. He was probably only about 16, 15 at the time, something like that. Um but the other guys have a long way to catch up even if they do at them with their careers. My feelings on UCD are indifferent really. They're good for the players, giving them an education and a place to develop um, without little pressure. Um, but they don't really offer much as a fan base or money-wise to the rest of the league. Um, and yeah, there's definitely too many Dublin clubs. Certainly one too many in the north side and anyway. Yeah, some great stuff from Con. Um, Con going for Idemo. Spearheading Idemo to start as well. And a top goal scorer. I love a bit of I love a bit of uh, a bit of strange. Good man, Con. Yeah, I like uh, going down the limb. It makes for an interesting hot. Graham Gartland being very diplomatic as well, refusing to pick a force eleven. Yeah, like I could understand that one, but uh, probably pals with uh, he doesn't want to give um doesn't want to give doesn't, doesn't want to show Brad's are up, that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe maybe Gars as a should have picked a bad opening day. Yeah. 2008, when we beat Drogheda 1-0 at United Park. A big shock at the time, because they yeah. were champions. Yeah, I was actually looking back on that. That was a question on Tuesday trivia, wasn't it? It was indeed. It certainly was. And what score did you get, Ger? Got a solid four. <laughs> solid four, but I should have got some more. I jump in too quick. I see an answer, and then I see another answer. I'm like, no! But, um, <laughs> Damn you, Prof! Typical Prof questions, in it, as usual. 
I think trip you up. I think a lot of people got middle of the road, so maybe that was one of my trickier ones this being week. Relevant, being relevant, there's always relevance to his question, and it's always if something's happened in the last month or so. When I see them ones, I'm like, it's fucking prof. I, I put a lot of thought into it, to be honest. It's great. But, no, uh, I really enjoyed him. Um, um, yeah, like I said, <laughs> opening days, Con Murphy, I hate to break it to you, neither of those games were opening games. <laughs> <laughs> The, Effort for trying. The first game in Tala, 2009, that was the second game of the season because we played Bray away first. Uh, technically, and, it's a season opener at home. Though, <laughs> you know what I mean? And he also picked the first game of the RDS in 1990, which was the fifth game of the season. <laughs> only only far off, Con. And you think that's bad? We've got Bobby Best coming in later. So Con wasn't the only one guilty of this. Bobby Best comes in and picks a game against Drogheda in January 1984, <laughs> in the middle of the season. January 1984 January I'd love to know the rationale behind that <laughs> um, yeah so good stuff Mick Conroy I think he was in St Agnes's Church in the confession box doing this one <laughs> he was very muted wasn't he yeah. went 442 as well 442 yeah I couldn't possibly pick a team from 442 out of that squad oh. couldn't do it tried doing it on the way over in the car and my head was wrecked I just can't see like how you'd fit no it's just we're too we're too used to the system I think here's a quick pop quiz for you I reckon you'll get this right when's the first game Brazzer started using 3-5-2 Dundalk maybe I'm not 100% he might he might have done it in a league match beforehand I I, I think Dundalk were dominant at the time weren't they but the first notable match I think was Bran away Bran away. Oh, Pico talked about that, thinking that they weren't they weren't struggling to get used to the system, and the, and he yeah. felt that it was the first time they played it properly. And Bran away. Oh, was a greener who said that. Pico Greener, one of them that yeah. mentioned it, saying we're not sure how we're going to cope with this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's the fourth section, Prof. Good stuff from all the boys and John Harper, as well. Jason, aka Jason Bourne. Yeah, that opening game against the Dock I mentioned where we beaten three one. John Harper himself gave the Dock the lead. <laughs> Uh, from the penalty spot and his doppelganger actually drinks the four probs now as well and gets dogs whenever we're there so you'll have him drinking green ribbon uh, so we move on to the game in Tala last week and we beat Pats uh, to win the President's Cup final in Tala on penalties after a 1-1 draw and Lions and Greener were injured Idemo started and Jack was back so um, yeah, Brazzer ran with your pick of Idemo like I said, hashtag Brad's yeah. innocence. I, on the other hand, picked 12 players last week. <laughs> did you? Did not so, that. I was just checking, just making sure you were paying attention. You know? Glenn Malore tactics, slipping another <laughs> one in there. <laughs> one person noticed, so fair play. Um, yeah, so the queue for the members pack as well. Uh, it was actually fairly quick, but can I just say that everywhere I see Conor Foley, he seems to have an accident. He slipped down the stairs, he turned up to the green ribbon launch with a, bu- with a, with a busted lip, Mm-hmm. Um, he tripped over nets uh, at the Glenmalore match yeah, uh, he was getting out of a car coming home from work the other day and he fell out of the car did a tumble and these are just social injuries there's these, also, also work related injuries it's ridiculous <laughs> like I, I remember he hit his head off the machine last year or something Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's a fucking cracker well I had Barry for company in the queue for this members back and by the way queuing halfway around the, in, around the car park in the freezing cold, an hour before kickoff. Um, no, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not complaining. It's fine. Great idea. Great idea. Uh, enjoy, enjoy the experience. Uh, people shocked that I was queuing 
among these mere mortals. Mere mortals. <laughs> <laughs> like, prof? The, the amount of people that said to me, it's like, I'm surprised you're queuing. I was like, I'm just... Um, power quote the stadium. Prof, that was Mick Cairns warning to use. If you don't contribute to the GoFundMe, let me know match, said Jason Maloney. Um, Ray Whelan as well. He said, two young lads behind me. Sounded about 12, 13. Started singing over on the vein last night. Belting it out halfway through. They started making up their own words. Ended up with a flourishing crescendo. Crescendo. We will batter the balls scum. Very creative. <laughs> I love a bit of creative songwriting. Yeah. We, uh, we nearly ended up with another Alamanis national anthem moment where yeah. he was a bit unsure what to do there. But we'll talk about the game, Prof. Well, we'll talk about the warm-up first of all. Talk about the warm-up. We talk about the wind. The warm-up. The players had a curry in a point. The players had a curry in a point. During the warm-up. During the warm-up. Dylan has gone one week and all goes to hell. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But the curry is fantastic, I have to say. Oh, yeah. And we should also remember the, mention the members back. The scarf, Gary. It's gorgeous. It's Beautiful. very, very cool. Beautiful. Very, very cool. And can has anybody given us the origins of this crest? Oh, the members yeah. thing? Oh, I'm, it's deadly. Am I missing out on this? Because I don't know. I don't know what it is. Let me know if anyone what the origins is. Is this the, like crest. the tree castles yeah, burning? Yeah, SRAFC. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll, we'll try and find the origins of that. It's very cool. Yeah. As we mentioned, it was freezing. Ridiculous. It was just, It was stupid. It was so cold. The wind was mental as well because one corner flag on the main stand was going to the left. On the opposite side, it was going to the right. So it was two different winds blowing the wind, blowing the fucking ball all over the place. It was ridiculous. Um, but the first half, we were getting cut open. I felt we were getting cut open. We were very exposed. And we talked about this before, is that teams with any sort of fucking knowledge of how Rovers play will know that we push our left and our right backs on and then we can be exposed by counter counter attacking if you play your two wide so they played Doyle out wide and they had Doyle or Owen Doyle out wide and other Doyle in the middle other Doyle and um, that worked for them so they were just pinging balls around Hoare giving them into Doyle and he was just doing the business against Hoare like that fluff in the first half where he squared it when Doyle got that I just thought to myself I know what he's going to do. He's so capable as a player. He's brilliant. He just squared it in. Your man totally fluffed his lines. That was one of the most embarrassing misses I've it seen was, in Tatum. It was on the penalty spot. Right on the penalty spot. I Terrible. could not believe he missed that. I just sat there and goes, goal. And I was like, Pfft. everybody just started laughing. So that was only 58 minutes in. And that was... But you had a Doyler one-on-one as well. <coughs> that was a big let-off. And then yeah, that was, I think that was the save from Big Al. When he when, when he was one-on-one, I just thought, fuck's sake, like, there's no way Doyle's missing from here. I thought he would have buried it along the ground like a daisy cutter, but he put it up high, gave Al a chance. I'll say the great save. So Al, obviously, uh, obviously, you know, he's kind of at fault for, for the goal, but he makes two good saves mm-hmm. in the first half. Yeah, really, really good save, and one-on-one with Alan Doyle, you know what I mean? Our best chance... Well, our only chance, I think, really. This was a lovely chance. The sun ball by Jack Byrne. The second uh, he did it, I just thought to myself, that is a very, very smart ball because it's the only kind of option that was on. The weight was perfect, even with or against the wind, whatever way it was blown. But he popped it up to give Danny, who was excellent at striking a ball like this, like a half volley. And um, good save. Yeah, on the half volley and, and the, the keeper save. We'll discuss the keeper in a moment. Very difficult to do anything in that win, though, wasn't it? Uh, we, we were yeah, we were extremely poor in the game. Barely have we, a cup we of tea, probably. Then he got scalded, and then he scalded my face trying to have a cup of tea because the wind was blowing. I think. Yeah, prof. Uh, the sweet, some uh, some choice coffee being dished out. 
I won't say any names. Just plain coffee, was it? Schmotion, schmelectrical. <laughs> yeah, no, there's some coffees out there, Ari. Very funky smelling coffees. Um, yeah, so it was ridiculous, that first half. It just ruins the game, though. A win like that ruins the game. And Pats, like, it was, we weren't sure where it was blown. I won't say it was blown one way, I won't say it was blown another way. It was a cross pitch, so you just have to play to your strengths. I, know, I thought Pats played very well in the first I know, half. When the second half kicked off, I was like, hang on, are we playing into the like, wind what's going or on? Not? Where's the wind gone? <laughs> like, which way do we play into it? So, I thought Pats were very good in the first half. They played, uh, I thought a banquet was brilliant. Oidmo did well, he did a lot of running, but I think a banquet kind of had him in his pocket at times. He's a super, super player. Um, other than that, not much happening for them. Lennon didn't do much. Doyle, Doyle probably will play well, he'd probably be okay. Um, other than that they were the better team in the first half yeah as Bradger said they could have could have been out of sight at half time uh, really should have really been but hopefully the hairdryer treatment and then didn't work starting off on Doyle in 50 minutes and this was a it was a good shot from just outside the box possible half volley again good save by Al probably could have held on to it panned it away mm. and on Doyle doesn't miss from 6 yards out open goal uh, good finish so Doyler so, the 17 minutes between the two goals here, we did literally nothing. Like, we didn't do anything to deserve this equaliser. No. And when it came, I was just thinking, oh, I'll take that. But I was caught off guard by it. Yeah. I literally just thought to myself, I'll take that. Because we've been shy. I, I couldn't think of one notable attack. No. Barred a half volley, half chance from Mandroyo in the first half. But it was brilliant work by Ferruja. Ferruja oh, was that fantastic. Burst of pace. He just has, he just has the ability to ghost by you, and the pace is unbelievable. Puts it in at pace as well, and then fucking uh, Krusty the Clown and goal. <laughs> it was an, it was a nice patient build up even before Ferruja, and then he just takes off. And uh, yeah, this keep, keeper looks like he can barely kick a ball at times. Keeper spills it and then lands lands for Finner. He, he pokes it home, but yeah, the, keep, the keeper was shocking for the goal for the penalties as well. He just he just dived right for all of them. It was like he just kind of fell to the side, he just, left and right. You know, he just kind of fell in his arse for all of them. I needs a bit of coaching there, I reckon. But like I said, Ferruja brilliant out on the left. He was winning man in the match. <coughs> Grace was brilliant as well. Um, Hard to kind of get a grip on the game with the conditions like that as well. So we're hoping that this, it's still, the wind is still whistling outside and Captain's Road here as we speak. It's mm. brutal outside. It's a yellow warning. All the kids training and the football is off. So we're hoping that it dies down for this coming uh, fixture on Friday. But like we said, Joseph, Joseph and Yang, prof, on loan from West Ham. And uh, a ba- bad force game for them, in fairness. It's actually great for us, though. It's great, like watching your rival's goalkeeper make a mistake in the first game. Hmm. <laughs> you love to see it. Uh, he... He'll go on to have a great season now. <laughs> he could be the next Janssen. Although Janssen kind of came good at the end, didn't he? Yaros, he's now Yaros, is he? He's he's now at uh, Nos County in League Two. Oldest a... club in football league history, isn't it? Yeah. Is this the most uh, loans from the Premier League you've seen? It's a lot, and it's. It's very disheartening for these um, <coughs> graduates from the academies, you have to say as well. So Pats were Pats were giving us stick last week, or last year, a couple of their fans saying that, oh yeah, we can't uh, bring any players up from the Roadstone or the academy and give them game time. Look, look what Pats are doing. 
Pats are so proud of this fact that they have brought players through a banquet and a couple of them. They've signed in some bonehead from from some random League One club. You know, these players where they're supposed to be promoting the youth as well, but mm. they're still getting in random young fellas on loan, 19, 20 year olds. Is that their policy now? Kind of a mix? I think it is a mix. Like every club, really, you have to deal with what's in front of you, but don't start bragging about your academy and saying that you only bring players through. And that you're the, the supreme club in Ireland that brings players through and, and, and bloods them when you're actively bringing in young loan lads from England. So Seems to be their move now with, in, with the goalkeeper position anyway, but uh, will it work out as well as last year? I, I doubt it. I go, player of the year. There's no way he's going to get player of the year. If he gets player of the year, I'll ate me on me. <laughs> and just make a timestamp of that now. <laughs> I still haven't eaten me on Mickey yet. I haven't. I was, I, I, did I come close? What was the bet I made last year? What about Ferrugia, potential player of the year? Ferrugia is. I've said this. I think at the the midway through last season, I said Ferrugia is the big one for next season for me. He, he's he could be so. It all goes back to when he shredded eating mess and he gave he tore him a new arsehole in Tala Stadium on the left hand side there, the main stand. He was absolutely unstoppable. Mm. Eating mess was all over the place. And did anybody pick him on the hotline? I'm trying to think now. No, I don't think so. I don't think they did. That's a great show. He could be. And mm. if we keep him fit and we keep him up there, he's he's absolute pace to born. He has an end product as well. He's, do you know what? He reminds me of a more dangerous Billy Dennehy. I was about to mention Denny. Even Denny, he was 16 goals and how many assists in 2011. Yeah. Even he didn't win that award. He possibly could be a more dangerous or clinical Billy Denny. I'm hoping. That's that's a big big boots to fill. So we pushed for the winner, Prof. And didn't come really. Did we? What chances did we have? It was about 15 minutes. We well, had... Gaffney went close near the end. Yeah, yeah. Nearly won it first in the 90 minutes. Uh, oh, that was unfortunate, actually. Yeah, so no extra time, thankfully, straight to penalties, just like last year's President's Cup, another penalty shootout, but this time in front of the south stand. Yep, Tell Burke, Hoare, O'Neill, Bourne all stepped up and converted some great penalties, and Tell giving it the shh to the Pats fans. They were um, giving them stick all game, right? Yeah, they? they were calling them Fat Boy, I think it was. Are you always confident with, with penalty shootouts now? I always think. I penalty. sat there yeah. with the cigar out and the slippers on, and I was just saying. <laughs> someone let me know when we win this <laughs> I was really confident really really confident no nerves or anything like that so yeah you just feel like you're gonna you're gonna win you, you, you know you're gonna need Manon to save one he usually does yeah I know he, he only saved one out of whatever 12 or 13 against uh, Ilves uh, remember me when he finally ran the right way in uh, Bratislava and I was saying oh my god is he ever gonna go the right way and then he did it was similar. I had somebody beside me who shall remain nameless saying something similar that that he probably wasn't going to save any of these. And then sure enough, he went right. He corrected. or He went the right way twice in a row. Once saving from Forrester. <laughs> it was like, it was almost exactly what happened to me. Do you remember, was it, we were in the points and we were watching, I think it was the, what game was it? Might have been the Slovan game and you were giving out. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, is that the one? And you yeah. were just like, you're not even going to fucking go to right. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm up there cheering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always loved him. Um, yeah, Berkey yeah. thankfully didn't sky his over the bar this time like he did with the dock. Mm-hmm. And apparently there was a big groan in the south stand when Har stepped up. But actually he has a great record. He has not say that for Dundalk. He took a lot mm-hmm. of penalties, didn't he? Yeah. He just wanted to let me blems them. 
blamed it into the back of the net. But I think it was fitting that um, Jack Bourne got the winner from the spot and just slotted it down to the right-hand side. So um, so you, you probably deliberately look for the fifth one. Players, I think so, players yeah. sometimes do that, don't they? Yeah, with the big personalities. Yeah, But Jack's performance yeah. in general, I, I liked the way Jack was a little bit more advanced. He was, You could see him tucked in behind Gaffney, in, in around where Gaffney is in a proper 10 role, where usually he'd pick the ball up a little bit deeper and try and start from there. But it was lovely to see him. I think we had the likes of maybe Mandrew or... A, Gary O'Neill on the ball and he was dropping a little bit in to where the centre forward should be in around where Gaffney is in at the number 10 I've seen him there a couple of times mm. it was nice to see him you know he's trying to get forward a little bit more albeit without the ball but when he does pick up the ball in around centre midfield he's still as lethal as ever that ball for Danny probably his most outstanding pass in the yeah. match maybe but what, uh, all he is one of them all he is one of them prof. in terms of his set pieces his corners did you see where he was putting them eggs Exactly the same spot he used to put them for Pico, and you're just watching this like, ah, oh. on the money every time. If Pico is staying, Pico's getting six, seven goals anyway. This they season. are on the money. They're so perfect. They're just so perfect. It's great to have that in there again. Uh, standout players in the night: Grace and Farouk. For me, like I said, I think Jack had a good game. Um, he Grace very good. He Grace was brilliant. Uh, Gaffney was superb when he came on. The players, yeah. the players who came on improved us, which was a good sign. Yeah. You're after the ninety minutes. You're kind of thinking, "God, that was a shit performance." But our subs improved us, and you, you were kind of left feeling good about the squad. Yeah. If anyone's un- yeah. underperforming, someone's gonna come in like that. I think Gaffney will be very pleased with himself. He'll be feeling like now the Gaffer's gonna pick me against UCD. I'm gonna start, Jerry. Yeah. He staked the claim for his place. I think looking at that triple sub that came on as well just made you very confident. I think it was Burke Gaffney Tell all coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, so it does. It fills you full of confidence. But we finna presented with the trophy by the praise himself and uh, the lovely medals. Yeah, the medals that we spoke about earlier. Uh, I put a picture of it up on Twitter, and then people kept asking me, "Did I get one?" <laughs> it's like, why would I get one? The old, the, the Mickey D special club statistician, bro. Mickey D special coins. No chocolate inside. I checked. Mm-hmm. Confirmed that for myself. Uh, um, but nice to get a, a bit of silverware. First, first trophy in the bag. And a uh, very quick presentation. No, no hullabaloo around them. But, no. but not not embarrassing like the Kennel Man Nestor Senior Cup yeah. presentation. You're like, you know, you're pleased to win it. That mm. sort of thing. Hoist it up there and get yourself out. So the same, you don't, we didn't, we weren't going to make a big deal if we won. We weren't going to make a big deal if we lost. Remember last year? There's a dark pitch invasion, a BB being hailed as a hero. And then Dock fans were adding up all their pots and pans and their <laughs> their Jim Malone cups and like, oh, we've won seven trophies. Pots and pans. I'm like, well, yeah, where where did that go, lads? Jim Malone, yeah. They laid down a marker and they the the hoodoo over us and all this. Uh, just just calm down. It's a President's Cup. Yeah. So uh, attendance five and a half thousand with Mickey D himself there, El Presidente. So it was a good attendance. Atmosphere dead as fuck. Um, one of those nights just one of those cold nights where we couldn't really get going no ultras no ultras were they on strike no you wouldn't know prof you wouldn't know what's going on behind the scenes but it was, apparently that's the biggest crowd ever for a President's Cup uh, it only started in 2014 as a, as a competition but uh, I have some obviously <laughs> it, it won't come as a biggest shock now because of the, the email from the members but I was going to say this before we got to the email from the members. I have some potentially shocking news. 
So brace yourself with this. Go on. I'm strongly considering becoming a full-time West End wanker. A full-time one? Full-time. Why? I'm just digging it more than the South Stand. I think, <sighs> think the South Stand is... It's a bit messy for me. I, I'm not a huge fan of the view. Obviously, when we're shooting into it, it's What amazing. about the East? Would you go back to the East? I don't know. You're going, to, you're going back to the origins of the podcast there now. Will we go back on Friday? To the East? Will we go for the East? Check it out. I don't know. I think I might. I don't know. I'm just... I'm quite... I'm just getting a bit comfortable in the West End. I think we should probably check out the East. We'll see what Possibly, happens. We yeah. could go back. Possibly, yeah. I'm actually... I'm tempted at that because I watched it from the main stand. I watched the presence go from the main stand with Fields is that. Oh, I thought you were in the south. And the rest of the, the flock of boards. I saw you a couple of times but I thought you were just coming over. No, I thought... The I, crossover, Gar. The crossover. Were you crossing over, Gar? <laughs> Shut up, snitch boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. We're probably... Come on, we go to East. We go to East, then. We go to East, then. Yeah, so Brad's are not a happy bunny at all. And uh, qu- quite similar to Ange Postacoglu, who you could hear during the Raid Rovers game. You love Celtic Prof. And uh, like it went quiet during a cup game. And I think he was calling someone called Lame. He goes, Lame! What the fuck are you doing? Like you can hear, they can hear like Gaffer over the commentary, like screaming at him because he didn't pass the ball forward. He passed it backwards and he let rip. Is this the game where he scored a cracker last yeah, Sunday? That was the same it? one. Yeah. yeah, same one. Yeah, Brad's are not happy. He said we were terrible, and he called it a wake up call for the UCD. Good game because the UCD have dangerous players, and we can't defend like that. Mm. Uh, and the fans were delighted that he did come out and say that. It's it's great that he has those standards. And he'll always admit when we don't hit them. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. But Prof, we're going to move on to a fantastic, uh, successful night. Green Ribbon Beer was launched in the Four Provinces pub in Crumlin. And a Crumlin beer brewed and inspired by the passion of Shamrock Rovers fans. So um, You wrote that line, didn't you? I came up with a little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's... Um, I love during the promotion, actually, the Four Provinces tweeted out on the Friday beforehand and like there was a poster and the beer and the time mm. and all that and at the big po- shout out to Philly Maguire Philly Maguire and myself have been working on this for a while now Philly is a genius and he's been uh, prepping all of our stuff he did the video I love the shutters coming down very cool that wasn't was it deadly. no but the far pro was tweeted out and at the bottom it just goes tagged Eamon Dunphy and seven others <laughs> yeah it's like who they were t- probably thinking who loves, who loves drink and football I am in That's probably what the thought process was there. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was a really, really successful night. Um, Great night. It, it's it, the drink was flowing. Everybody was drinking green ribbon. We organised so that everybody got a couple of free points. It's a launch night, so you have to kind of dish it out. So there was curry, there was points, um, there was a sing song, there was booing of Bob Marley. <laughs> Some people absolutely hang in the next day, so this oh, this God. possibly a bit strong. This it's beer is it? Strong, it's very strong. Five point five. It's yeah. very easy to go down as well. It's drinkable, like it's easy. And, you, and then you're like, oh, that's four of them now. Feeling a bit tipsy. It want to be for six euro. Uh, sack, yeah, sack the yeah. brewery. Sack the brewery. But Barney asks, is that green ribbon zero coming out for him? We'll have to look into it, Barney. Let's we'll see what we can do. It'd be great cans for the bus, in fairness. Yeah, where, yeah. Where, where are we with cans? We're not on that yet. We're looking at the draft and see how we get on with that. But the cans will come. We, 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 they will come. But for the time being, for all of you dairy goers, we have been gifted a slab of Session IPAs 
for the bus and thanks to James Lowe who won it as part of the Pride of Rings End uh, jumper for goalposts uh, prize so he is off the drink at the minute so he's donated a slab of cans for the bus so they will be in your office prof you will be looking after them <laughs> so if you need a can in, uh, on the dirty bus go down and look at the prof the prof will search out with a session IPA it's a very nice one easy drinkable uh, drinkable beer I mean, pretty much everyone gave it uh, green ribbon the thumbs up, didn't they? Oh, yeah, uh, no, like, and that's what I wanted harsh criticism. That's what I said to everybody. Mm. Just tell me if you don't like it. Like, it's no big deal. We just want to know what's wrong, what's going. Even staff liked it. Yes, which, which the seal of approval. I was surprised by Because mm. he, he, he liked that, but he was not impressed with your boots, Gar. Did he not like the boots? Not impressed one bit. What was he saying? Uh, something on the lines of when you're... In when you're going out at seven, but you're in work at twelve. <laughs> the, uh, the Timberlands. I went. To, I went to old school with the Timberlands, the khaki Timberlands. Might have had that backwards, but uh, on the other hand, everyone loved my shirt, care. Yeah, we saw that one, Prof. Very, and not like you to take sides in a political debate, but I'm. I'm good. It's good to see you there. <laughs> I also like the World Cup beer glasses, although I only saw one. I think Kieran got one. Oh, I didn't see those. You know the the big one, the World Cup oh, trophy shape. No, I didn't see those. I like them. Yeah. Uh, 12 can Karkaran stayed off the points ever the professional but then his match was called off two hours before so he was disgusted absolutely disgusted yeah absolutely we had Javon uh, was there she did not get Aussie Nate dancing as promised but she got the next best thing she, she got, got the bear berry salsa dancing salsa da- he's got the moves hasn't he he has the moves he's confident who was the lead because it was it, it, it went back and forth a few times. I felt like I feel like someone's pregnant after that. <laughs> I feel like someone is pregnant. Um, yeah. The band prof, great stuff as usual. Flock of boards were brilliant, and they blew the roof off the place. Big shout out to Tommy Fields and all the boys. Um, really, really enjoyable. Yeah, set. the band was fantastic. Uh, like you say, as soon as Bob Marley was playing, Ooh, everyone just moved. I think they, I think uh, they were putting their place eventually by Tommy. Uh, the curry, of course, rave reviews. As someone said, it just gets better every time. <laughs> At one stage, I'll tell you what summed up the night for me, right? Because it made me happy. It meant like we were doing a good job. Someone at the bar had an empty pint of green ribbon and they were using, they aren't using their hands to eat the curry. So they, they had their face in the curry, <laughs> eating the curry without, no, without hands. So they were that drunk. <laughs> they weren't using their hands, so I'm I'm doing it now as you, as we speak. So there's an empty point there, and they're just kind of going on, <laughs> eating it, no hands, and I was just like, job done. I'm gonna bob my head up and down like yeah, this, Curry, bo- bobbing. and if you get eaten, <laughs> <laughs> it's your own fault. It's your own. <laughs> I'm gonna swing my arms. Yeah, uh, he was, yeah. For, that was a job. I seen that as a successful night. Um, uh, we had the curry at the player of the year awards but for those for those who weren't there for some people it was first time they had the curry in two years yeah two years two years and uh, legend has it Gary we've, been, we've received a tip go on anonymously uh, legend has it that it was Ray Senior who came up with the secret ingredient Ooh, if you know curry. you know yes indeed if you know you know it's been vastly improved. It was fantastic. I, I had some for <laughs> breakfast. I had some for dinner the next day. Took on a lot of it. Was delighted. Uh, Paul McGrath came in like a ray of sunshine. <laughs> He's unbelievable. <laughs> Go to him. How are you, Paul? Thanks for coming. How are you enjoying? This is some kip, isn't it? <laughs> this is shy. Looking at the beer. 
<laughs> the first time you made eye contact with me as well, you just said that. Still, do you think this is shy? <laughs> It was a brilliant, brilliant night. Yeah. Really, really happy to everybody in the four probs and everybody that looked after us and came. And it was a, it was a really, really good night. So we're gonna look forward to some more nights out there as well. And finally, Ger, how long did it take you to lose the flags? Uh, well, after how many months? I gave them back to you on the day. Well, I woke up with a text and pictures of them in someone's bedroom, going, "These yours." I was like, "Was I there?" I was like, "Tell me I wasn't there." I wasn't. So I went home anyway. But now they were saved, and like you I said, I'm off flag duty. Hopeless. I'm off flag duty forever. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So we move on. Anyway, it was a great night. Thanks everybody involved. Uh, Joey O'Brien was interviewed off the ball, prof. I heard this was a good one. Yeah, it was mostly about his, his uh, career in England, both in West Ham. So yeah, I always enjoy listening to Joey. I'll definitely check uh, that one out. I like. Is it an under the cosh style? No, it was you know off the ball kind of interview. Yeah, I'm like I'm uh, look there was to only that. a bit at the end about Shelburne and and, and Rovers, but uh, yeah, good. Finn off, Harps. off the ball are kind of a, a shells operation they are shells, now. Yeah, totally shells operation. They're signed up with them. So there you go. That's what you're looking at now, Prof. Dead to us. Finn Harps, Prof. They announced. <sighs> okay. Oh, here we go. Right, here we go. Finn Harps announced to sign a midfielder, Ellie Gale in Zeki Bongi. <laughs> And the Frenchman played with Peroni. Peroni, what, the, what a name for a team. Played for Peroni in the Slovakian Fortuna Liga. And uh, yeah, that's that's it. It's done. Finn Harps is staying up. They've you can only him. imagine where Ali found this fella. How does he come across them? Because honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he was at that game. Like, what are you doing on Thursday night there? I'm going to go over to the it must Fortuna be a, League. must be an online thing. Mental. They're just playing championship, but management. there is a database that they all have. They can all tap into. So yeah, I think yeah. something, something along the lines there, and whatever agent that they know. But the Daily Star had an article with the big picture of Duffer's face called Nine X Premier League Stars now managing random minnows around the world." Random minnows, brilliant. And did you see yeah. how like he doesn't come off well? Oh, with Johnny Ward. Yeah, like. Well, Johnny was being a bit weird with him as well. Shells fan will eat that up. The and, whole the whole interview was weird. Yeah, like Shells will eat that up. They love that. They'll be like, oh yeah, we're not, we're not sleeping giants. But he's just, he, does he like to be offended? He gets offended at everything. Like, he's one of those. You did, know what I mean? Did you listen to LOI Central today? No, I didn't get a chance. John, Johnny was giving out about him, saying he was the only person that wouldn't shake his hand. Really? Yeah. He wouldn't shake Johnny's hand? No. Me and you, Johnny. We're in it together. Um, yeah, we'll move and, on. Well, also in that, in that article, like so, so they called Shelburne minnows, but Sheraton were in it as well. I mean, are we calling Charlton Minnows? But uh, Charlton, who's managing them? <coughs> uh, I, I missed that one. Be interesting, actually. I'm gonna check but, the article. Uh, in describing Shelburne in that article, they said Limerick-based side who gained promotion to the Irish Premier Division, which kicked off last Friday. Literally nothing in that sentence <laughs> is true. <laughs> no, none of those facts are right. That's actually impressive. Who wrote that? I need to know, right, sit this person down, okay, where did you get your facts? Why do you think Shelburne are in Limerick? Why do you think the game kicked off last week? It's also not the Irish Premier Division. It's not the Irish Premier Division either. Like, what is wrong with you? There's your P45. Yeah. Like, seriously, who, do, do the, you know about these, you know about these things. They get proofread, am I right? I don't know. Uh, uh, Dan McDonald kind of had a little sly dig. It was like, 
the type of people who would write write those articles. Yeah. It was the English Daily Star, not the Irish. So, you know, yeah. not exactly uh, too well up notable a notable journalist writing these things. But uh, yeah, it was at at the league launch as well. Duffer was kind of the same. He, he, Tony was the only person he talked to. His old pal. And I think the other League of Ireland journals were kind of uh, annoyed by that as well. Like, you only talked to Tony. I only talked to Tony and Dunhill. There you go. No, like I said, we, I wouldn't be fond of him. Wouldn't there, be a friend of the show. There was an interview as well on LOI Central with uh, at, at the league launch, Johnny and uh, Danny together interviewed Ronan Boyce. Uh, he's a good is player. he still there? Is he? Yeah, he's a good player. And I cannot believe they aired this interview, Gary. Why? It was completely inaudible. Nothing at all. Couldn't hear a thing. Why they hear? Maybe if you put the phone up to your ear and you could squint or whatever the ear, ear equivalent of squinting is. Ear <laughs> <laughs> like that plus the accent. Oh my god! It was the it. single worst audio quality of an interview I have heard in years, and they just put it out. It's like skip. Yeah, see, prophecy haven't got the haven't got the dedication you do. We got the Pats prof. They got eight hundred tickets for Talca, which is good. We could sell more. We'll sell fifteen hundred to a thousand to get in there. But listen, we have to deal with what we have. Play's been stripped <laughs> to be stripped for parts. It's actually one of the games I'm looking forward to most. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Talca well. Park. Um. I think the attendance around the league will be they always are really good if you think back to 2019 I remember there was huge crowds for that opening round of games you've got uh, Derry fans buying up uh, tickets in the home end of Dundalk and then the dock found them out mm. and then uh, refunded the, the tickets I think we'll have to use some of our Derry friends addresses now if we do need any tickets up there next Friday <laughs> Um, it's probably going to be huge crowds, isn't it? Massive, yeah. Well, there's at least the six buses going up for that Derry game. Mm. So, well, specifically the first game in Zagabell. The first game, yeah, will be. But the first away game, always massive, massive crowds, and I always mm. look forward to it. The first Rovers away game of the season because you know, bumper, bumper, crowdly. Plus, it's Derry Rovers. People will see that as potentially the the top two. Battle of the billionaires, say. <laughs> Battle of the billionaires. Uh, but that's the thing as well everyone's going around happy new season happy new season um, yeah so we'll move on Prof Scales scored a screamer Celtic in the cup on Sunday lovely play from Rogic and a little left footer ping into the top corner of the bar like you said we don't oh. score enough of these and we don't I love yeah. a good posting in oh it makes the goal it just makes it that bit better and more spectacular don't see enough posting ins no Robert totally agree with you totally agree with you I mean, what's the story friend of the show Merrill? He said, um, he had Dan McDonald on as well. I'm going to listen to that one, Prof. I like that. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, also, interestingly, Garrett, we have, I can't believe this, we have outscooped Dan McDonald. How, How has Dan this McDonald? happened? The man Tell with me. the most connections in Irish football. The Irish Fabrizio Romano. He said that because uh, the lads actually gave us the plug for our upcoming interview with Roddy. Oh, lovely. So the hype is building, you see. Oh, that's it. That's what we want, yeah. Prof. So when they said that might leak a few quotes to the to the, <laughs> to the rags. Yeah, when they said that to Dan, uh, uh, he mentioned that oh yeah, Roddy's apparently working on some project with Paul Howard. I don't know what that's about. I was like, oh my god, we've known about this for months. Yeah, yeah. There's something in the works, as Roddy will say. He'll, he'll let you fucking know next week in the book. 
Just buy the book. I'm going to buy it. Definitely going to buy that. It's going to be a cracker of a read. Oh, yeah. Considering the court cases that are going to follow it up, it's going to be even better. Jeremy, how many times did he say that in the, in the interview to us? Buy the book. But you'll, you'll, you'll get bingo. in the book. I don't think he... He didn't say that much. No, I don't think we he We said it more than anything more than, like... Because, yeah, because he had said it to me in the documentary interview a few times. So I said to you, I said to you, watch out for this response. So we were kind of joking yeah, with him yeah. about it. But when he wouldn't kind yeah. of answer something, I'd say, well, buy the book. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Yes, we'll move on to a sports capital grants bonanza. There was a lot of money given out, Prof. Gave League of Ireland clubs a welcome financial boost. Over 1.5 million was committed to League of Ireland clubs as part of a record 150 million overall package for sports. Shamrock Rovers was awarded a sports capital grant of 150,000 towards the installation of LED floodlights on our grass pitches at our academy facility at Roadstone. So that's going to go on the pitches that are in the back, not on the Roadstone. Artificial pitch itself. So this is pretty cool. It's some setup now. Yeah, there's huge money. Uh, Massive money. Spread out, not just to us. Uh, Bowes, Cove, Bray, Atlone, Harps. They all got 300,000. Uh, and you had 250,000 for a couple of other clubs for like, for pitches, facilities, floodlights, that sort of thing. I think uh, we said last week, what do we do? Invest in facilities. Mm. Just invest in facilities, that's what they're doing. So. And well done to under 12, so we're doing 14. So it's well advanced to the last 16 of the SFAI Cups this weekend, prof. So, well done to the lads. We had a video called Sheila's Stories. went up on Facebook. Eamon Sheila Darcy, Rovers goalkeeper in the 50s. Remembers an encounter between Liam Toohey and Jack Charlton. <coughs> yeah, uh, Sheila was actually he's one of the last surviving members of the 57 team to play in Man United. Yep. And uh, do you remember last year in the programme I interviewed Tommy Hamilton, another survivor. So, I think, I think Mr Darcy might be one to interview this year. I think so. Because probably. you need to kind of talk to people. I'm not playing anything, Garrett, but <laughs> the sooner the better. Yes, let's, let's leave it at that. Yeah. Move swiftly on. Um, another great win for Glamour Glamour Rovers are back in action. Once again, they are climbing up that table, Prof. It's in Bowes Heartland as well. They're in the bogeys out in Cabra. And they beat York Road. Staff provide more assistance. Mm. Jack Bourne that on last weekend. <laughs> so it's been a great, great run of games for Glamour. There are Kenny more assists than Al. Yeah, we're hoping the dirty bus doesn't... Uh, Knocked them for six, and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll move on. They've won four in a row. Playing well, they're playing well. Uh, Speaking of balls, go on. Balls beaten by Glebe North in pre-season. Apparently yeah. looked awful. Should have been three nil apparently, but it was two, and uh, they are stinking. And they got the hairdryer treatment off of Key Long, so hopefully that continues on. And Sligo absolutely bait them around on Saturday. I seem to recall them looking poor in pre-season last year as well and then they started the league slowly but that, then, that was with good players though, but then came into they've it they've lost their massive massive spine of, now I know mm. the Flores who doesn't light it up for me Twardex Bambi on ice this Cassidy fella's unproven um, I, I think they're going to struggle I'm going to put them down in around 8 mm. but we just a Sligo statement as well talking about their lot or talking about gambling on their high horse as well we spoke about that last week didn't we um, I don't think we did, did we? They were on their high horse talking about their lotto, yeah. And we're saying they've a, they've an active club lotto, but they won't promote gambling. Same with Draw the Draw the Chairman. I was on a radio giving out about betting sponsorship, and the host called him out in the club lotto, and he said, uh, <laughs> "We're looking into it." So all these fellas were on their high horses, and I mean Dundalk. Where was the uproar over Dundalk having bet Regal on their new jersey? But AAA gets all of the digs in the world. Do you know what I mean? Once again. Yeah, Same it shit. was once again. Gareth Brennan was on fire this week. 
over the, with, the, with the two issues with the, the the category A and the B and the the hypocrisy of of this statement from Sligo. Sligo have Avant money on their shirt, a payday loan company. But like League of Ireland, the cheek of them to be involved with a company like that. <laughs> League of Ireland club is like, are we in a position to be picky with sponsorship? One hundred percent aren't. No, we are not. We can't afford to be that picky. Like, like how hard would it be? Not, yeah, not even League of Ireland. Any football club in the world. How hard is it to get a 100% ethical sponsor? Mm, very hard. You can find something negative or shady about virtually anyone. Like even the likes of Peter House. I mean, we we were, were going to raise money for that, but we decided to go with Hope instead to drop in Centre and tell it. Because of, I think, there's extortionate wages being paid to CEOs mm. from Peter House. You know, that type of thing. And they'd get, yeah. a, they'd get a, a cut of that. So, you can little, little things like that. Even the best causes have some sort of stodgy background, you know. Yeah, I mean, fans are always going to find issues with whatever kit manufacturers or companies or, or whatever. But League of Ireland, yeah. I mean, I think, I think we are coming to the end of being sponsored by... Uh, gambling companies though I think eventually it won't be a thing anymore I think it'll, maybe 10 years time we'll look at it and go do you remember yeah. that remember that was a thing so that was it. it but we're going to move on to part 2 with a Tifty's hotline prof we're starring Kieran gentlemen Bobby Best Robbie Gaffney Shane McNevin and the Spragzer Sean Sprague Sprague are we saying the right Spragues you let us know um, yeah so here the boys Yellow. How's it going, lads? This is uh, Kieran Gentleman making my debut on the Tifties Hotline. So the top three this season, obviously, I think Rovers will finish in the top three. I think we'll win the league again this season. Uh, as for the other two, I think Derry will finish in the top three, just because I think they've bought some good players in the off season, and they haven't really lost anyone, any one of their best players from last season. So on paper, I think they've got a very strong squad, and I think Pats. We'll also finish in the top three. I know they've lost some key players in the off-season. And this new keeper they brought in from West Ham, I think he could be another BB this season. I thought he was quite poor against Rovers through the night, and I think they definitely should have tested him a lot more. But aside from him, I think they've invested quite well, especially up front. And they actually looked kind of solid through the night in the President's Cup. I think the bottom two will be UCD for sure. I think they're going straight back down. And I think ninth will be between Drogheda or Finn Harps this moment of time I'd probably go with Harps I think they lost uh, a lot of their key players from last season and I'm not too familiar with some of the players they brought in this season and I think on paper between the two they have the weaker squad I think Jack Byrne would be player of the year for Rovers this season to make an immediate impact on his return I think he'll have the most assists this season and I think Rory Gaffney will be top goal scorer I'm looking forward to seeing how him and Byrne link up together this season Uh Unfortunately, I've never been to an opening league game of the season as of yet. Uh, this Friday will be my first. I'm really looking forward to it. So if you'd ask me next week, I'd probably have an answer for you. But um, we'll have to move on from that one. Um, starting at 11, going Manus and Goals. Uh, my back three, Pico, Grace. And this actually uh, caused a lot of controversy between myself and Prof and work. But I'd probably go at Barry Cotter ahead of Sean Gannon at this moment in time. I know Sean Gannon improved a lot when he was moved to right centre-back last season and he's been really solid ever since but I really really like Cotter I think he's been brilliant since he came into the team uh, 
made an immediate impact uh, at the at the back of those uh, four defeats in a row. Less about, less said about them, the better. Uh, I think he's really energetic and been really, really solid since he came in. So, yeah, I'll have to go Cotter ahead of Gannon at the moment. Uh, go Finn and Ferrugia as my wingbacks. I think this could be a huge year for Ferrugia, especially if he avoids injury. Um, Gary O'Neill and Dylan Watts in midfield, I think that's one of the easiest ones for me. No way I'm dropping them two after the season they had last year. Uh, up front, I'll have Byrne on the right, Gaffney through the middle, and on the left, I probably got Mandraiu at this moment in time, given his form at the end of last season, and he's continued that into preseason. On another day, I'd probably go with Berkey, and it seems a bit ludicrous to be benching Berkey, but for now, I'm gonna stick with Mandraiu on the left. Um, I think Bazunu would be one of Rovers' best uh, exports at club level in the next five years. I think that's an easy one. He's already Ireland's number one keeper. Um, He's gained a lot of plaudits at Portsmouth. I saw a video the other day, some of the saves he's made this season, some absolutely ridiculous saves. And he's been garnering uh, international attention to himself. I know the Spanish newspaper Marca named him as a player to watch out for this year. And I remember after the one-all draw with Serbia in Dublin last year, the Serbian media the next day were raving about him. I think uh, one of the headlines even said that he's already Man City's next number one keeper. I think he will be playing in a Premier League team next season. Probably not Man City because their keeper at the moment is still considered one of the best in the world. And I think at 27, 28, he still has plenty of years ahead of him. So I don't think Bazuna will be usurping him anytime soon. But you never know football. Uh, are UCD good for the league? Um, yes, on one hand, I think they've got a decent setup there. They've uh, They produce good players, always seem to have. And when you look at some of the former UCD players that have gone to Rovers, the likes of O'Neill, Scales, Ferrugia, Finner, Watts, even Ender Stevens. Like I remember years ago doing a summer camp at UCD, a football camp, where uh, a young Ronald Finn was one of the coaches. And even back then, he was really highly thought of around the club. And all the kids and even the coaches there, they're some of his teammates, they really looked up to him. And looking at UCD's team at the moment, you have the likes of Colin Whelan and Liam Kerrigan. Like, two really highly thought of players in the league at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare in the Premier Division this year. Uh, on the other hand, no, they're not. Because as we all know, they famously only have four fans. And admittedly, while I've never been to a game at the UCD Ball, just from talking to other fans, Rovers and other League of Ireland teams alike, there tends to be little to no atmosphere at UCD games. And I even remember seeing the UCD Ball on TV and even all those years ago in person, not being particularly impressed by uh, UCD's home ground. I would agree that there are definitely too many Dublin teams in the top flight right now. Sure, half the league is based in Dublin. And if you go even further than that, there's, what, like three teams outside of Leinster out of the 10. Like, it's mad to think that Rovers are the southernmost team in the Premier Division for this coming season. So hopefully that'll change next season maybe one or two of those teams will go down we'll see the return of the likes of Waterford and Galway bring back some proper away days for uh, the league next season and um, I think that's it uh, thanks for having me on lads keep on hooping probably best here uh, I believe Shamrock Rovers will win the league again this year uh, I, uh, I know that our closest rivals Dundalk Pats and Derry City they've made major changes at their clubs and they're signing a lot of new players etc 
But that trans- that's a very much a transitional period for them that Rowers have went through that for a, and it took us quite a while to get there with uh, Bradley. So uh, I think they'll have the same. Uh, uh, they'll have to take their time, and I don't think they'll be. I don't think they'll be they'll be close enough to, to win the league this year. I think they make it tighter for us. I don't think we win it by so many points, but uh, I think we win it anyhow. On the bottom two this year, I predict will be number one UCD. I think they they'll go down. Uh, you know, I have an inkling that uh, Duff may not be all these, may not all have a great time at Chelsea and may well, I think I'm going to throw one in here, might not finish the season with Chelsea, in which case I think Chelsea could be the other team to be relegated, but um, if Chelsea are not relegated, it's, it's going to be then, I think, draw it along with UCD. I think Robert's player of the year uh, is going to be Pico, I don't, uh, I think he's... Uh, by far a more outstanding player. The defence is never the same when he's not there. I showed again last Friday night against Pats. Uh, we managed to pull through because of a good side, but Pico definitely strengthens us at the back, uh, and I think that he'll be our player of the year, uh, without a doubt. Uh, our top scorer, without the fact that we haven't uh, signed a, another striker, I think it's going to be Danny again. I think it's going to be Mandrew again. Is going to be the top striker. Uh, and the better, most assists, I think, will come from Bourne. Uh, yeah, Bourne will, will definitely create more assists. And you know, I think <laughs> Barry Carter is going to get the most yellows. I somehow fancy this guy. I like him, but I think he's going to wind up with the most yellows for Shamrock Rovers, yeah. Uh, my favourite meeting of, uh, memory of a uh, first season, season's first game was in or around 1983, I think it was, and a lot of Rovers supporters will remember it because at that time the league staff opened with some kind of a charity shield cup or something, so we, there was a good few matches before the league started, before the league kicked off, and there was some kind of competition, and Drogheda United had a really good side, and they won it, and they were run, running rampant around Drogheda with this cup and thought it was the greatest thing ever. And the first t- match in the league then was against Rovers in, in, in Drogheda, and they made it an all ticket affair, and it was all loads of gaiety. And we we're going to rovers are coming to town, and we're going to give them this. That sure, we bet them seven nil. You know, <laughs> and it was unbelievable. I, the, the pal that was with me went to the toilet when it was one nil. When they come back, it was three nil. It was it, it was a total anticlimax for them. We bet them seven nil. But that was seventy three. Uh, maybe somebody of more my age will remember that. My preferred starting 11 for this year would be Manus and Goal, of course. I'd play three at the back, and that would be Gannon Pico with Grace. I'd have Cotter, Finn, Bourne, Watts, and Kavanagh across a uh, five man there, and with Mandrew playing behind Gaffney. Uh, if we lose Pico, I suppose the talk is that we would, then I would put. Um, uh, I can't think of his name now. He played against Pass at that fall on Friday night. I just can't think of his name now. That's the guy I'd have there, anyhow. Um, yeah, I think Rovers most export, most, uh, most best export this year will be, uh, without a doubt, I think it's going to be Gavin, uh, it's going to be Bazoon because uh, I think he's because at number one uh, Premiership club, isn't he? Man City. I think uh, Liam Scales will probably progress well with with um, at Celtic, but it's at a lower grade of football. So 
when you talk about most successful, I, I wonder, do you mean mainly making more money or, 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 or as a footballer? I would think that if Gabba Zuni gets into the Manchester City side, will, any, will certainly be the most uh, our most successful ex- export, desperate it. And even if he doesn't, and if he manages to get another Premiership club, I still think he'd be our most ex- uh, successful export. Yeah, yeah. I usually think go for the league. No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think uh, they should be in the league. I, I don't know what their mantra is. Uh, they they come into the league. They they take take huge funds uh, for their uh, home fixtures against Premiership clubs, and then they bring four players. To Tala with the drum, so they give nothing financially to the league. Uh, but uh, I know people go on about the fact that they supply players. They do supply players to the league, uh, but so does everybody. I mean, everybody is supplying players. A lot, there's a lot of close supply players that lose players to the top clubs in Ireland. So uh, I don't. I think the, the uh, negatives far outweigh the positives there. Uh, so really, I wouldn't have them uh, in the league. Uh, I don't think they'll go for the league. That'd be my thing on that. Carl, yeah, I think there are far too many Dublin clubs. Uh, and that's the reason why Dundalk and Cork were so successful there for six years there, previous to where we in the league. Because of all the Dublin derbies, you know, killing each other off, knocking each other out of it. Yeah, and as well as that, I think League of Ireland football should be more spread out more around Ireland. It's a shocking pity that uh, Galway, Cork, Galway and Cork are, are not in the league, uh, and uh, it really is. Yeah, that's what I have to say about that. Thank you. Prof, good afternoon. Robbie Gaffney, former Tyler Cup medal, players or supporters player of the year, League Cup, um, and all round Shamrock Rovers supporter. Prof, who will win the league this year? Rovers will win it. Second will be Dundalk, and third will be Derry. Harps and UCD to go down. Player of the year has to be Pico. Uh, top goal scorer, Danny Mandrew. Most assists will be Jack Bourne. Uh, and yellow cards, I'd say most will be Sean Hoare. Um, uh, preferred, uh, are your Favourite memory of a, of a league opening game, apart from me, making my debut from Rovers, one of the ones that stands out for me was beating Dundalk in our opening game of the first division season in Tolka. Last minute win, winner from Willie Doyle. It was bonkers at the end, mad scenes. Um, who would be the most Rovers successful export uh, at the club in the next five years? Gavin, Aaron McIniff, Liam Scales, Kevin Zeffi. Has to be Gavin Bazuno, in my opinion. Um, interesting question: Are UCD good for the league? Uh, they've produced really wonderfully talented technical footballers for years. Like even in my day, Joe Hanrahan, uh, um, Ken Doherty, um, um, Martin Morn, um, Keith uh, Dignam. Uh, and you know, um, look at Ronan, Finn, etc. So, but in terms of supporters and what would they bring to it, huge question mark over that. Uh, are there too many clubs in Dublin? Uh, I'll definitely, if well, I'll tell you why, uh, Prof, because it's reduced the uh, trips with the WAC Express. 
because as the fella says all we're doing is going around the parish now whereas we're missing out on the waterfords and the cork trips so uh yes is the uh is the answer i would say uh I'd say the starting lineup uh, for the year that for me will go something like this: Manus, Hor, Grace, Lopez, O'Neill, Watts, Finn, Tell, Born, Mandrew, and Green. Um, I'd say that would be our our uh, starting lineup. Um, so, Prof, I don't know if uh, if there's anything more. Uh, for me to add to it other than up the hoops and I'll see you on the next Whack Express. All right, lads, uh, Mike Levin here. Can I ask to answer a few questions? So the top three and bottom two this season, say it'd be Austin Forced, Pats in second, Derry in third. Uh, Austin Forced, obviously, we done great last year. I think we'll do the exact same this year. And if not, I'll win the double. Maybe do well in Europe as well. Uh, second, I'd say Pats has finished second. Uh, they obviously won the cup last year, had a decent run in the league. And uh, Derry and Tord, they've made a couple of good signs, but I don't think it'll be enough to push them into the fourth or second spot. And then uh, 9th and 10th, the bottom tier would gonna say draw and UCD. Uh, UCD, obviously, they've only got promoted, and it's very often that the team that comes up goes straight back down. And then I'm gonna say draw and 9th. It's just hard to pick between Finn Harps and Bowles and maybe Dundalk that will finish above them, but I just think they're ledger above Jordan. Uh, the player of the year for Rovers, I think it's going to be probably Jack Bourne or Mandrew again. Peak will be close, but I don't think he'll get there. Uh, top score, I'm going to say Mandrew again. Uh, he's obviously a great goal scorer and sometimes Gaffney doesn't have the the game time that you'd want to obviously get the goals. Uh, top assist, I think that's quite obvious. Jack Bourne obviously taking set pieces. You've obviously seen him whipping a few great balls the President Cup and then the most yellows are going to go for Lee Grace. Uh, sometimes when he's tracking back, he's a bit clumsy, he tends to pull people back a bit, so I think that's going to cost him a few yellows. Um, my favourite memory of an open league game, uh, the two that came into me more straight away the green is last one the winner in daily mount and then Ethan Boyle slash Orhan Voyage is last one the winner down in Warford but I think green as one has to take it just clearly because uh, what we went on to do right here I know we won the cup from when we scored down in Jordan that year but I think going on to win the league just you know, get the, the edge over that um, my first starting 11 for this year, it'd be Madison Goal, Fenroy Wingback, and then we trade across the back, it'd be Gannon, Grace, and Pico. Uh, Pico and Grace, obviously, you can't really replace them. And then when Gannon actually went from right wing back into centre back, about midway through last year, he had a few great performances. Uh, left wing back, it's between uh, Sean Cavanagh and El Farouja, but I think Cavanagh's going to take on. Probably more experience, but I'm sure we'll see Ferruja and that's a lot this year. Uh, Till midfield, I'm going to go Gary O'Neill and Dylan Watts. Uh, Gary O'Neill's just a great all-around midfield player. And then Dylan Watts, he's an absolute magician. He's probably one of the most underrated players in that squad. 
Uh, I'm going to say Jack Bourne on the right, Mandrill on the left, and then Gaffney in front. But I think uh, we rotated a lot between Gaffney and Oidmo this year. So it would be good to see Oidmo get on the score sheet a few times as well. Uh, the most successful player in the next five years coming from Rovers has to be Jan Bizzuno. Uh, he's playing great for Ireland. He's obviously playing for Man City, but uh, currently out on loan at Rochdale, I think it is. And he's had a few brilliant performances for Ireland and think it's going to stay like that for the next couple of years. Uh, are you CD good for the league? Uh, obviously, there's a few other teams that I'd probably prefer of a UCD to be in the league. Obviously, it's not the best of trips for the fans and it's not a very high standard of football when you go watch UCD. But I wouldn't say they're bad or good, but if I had the chills, I probably wouldn't have them in the league. And then there are too many Dublin clubs in the top flight right now. Uh, in my personal opinion, just for the away trips, I probably would say there definitely is too many because you always like to have uh, a good few away trips outside of Dublin. I think the longer the better and more us. Yeah, so that's all the questions. Thanks, boys, for having me on. What's the crack, lads? Spragsy in the house here, also known as Sean, if no one knows me as Spragsy. And um, I've been invited on here to the, as a VIP guest here for the 50s podcast with the lads thanks very much for the invite lads and um just before we get started yes i do have my t-shirt on so um we'll get straight into these questions here because i know the lads like to keep it short and sweet so uh top three in the league this year i'd have to go with rovers of course and say it might be um rovers in the top three for the next few years with looks of it um second i'd have to say pats and then in tour Derry. And um, bottom two, I'll have to go with UCD and Drogheda. And then my 2022 Rovers Player of the Year will have to be Manju, 110%. And then I'd say he's going to get top goal scorer as well. And then top assist maker, um, I'd have to go with Jack Bourne. Them balls, he'd just be pinging and then from set pieces as well. You'd have to give it to Jack Bourne. Um, most yellow cards. I'd have to pick Lee Grace. Yeah, 110%. Um, Favourite game. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Greener's late winner out in Daly Mount. That was a good night that was. I'll have to go with that. Um, then... Hmm, successful export. I think I'll have to give Scales a chance at Celtic. Yeah, yeah, Scales at Celtic, at Celtic there, and then maybe he might push into the Irish team, and then maybe get a chance at, at club over and maybe England. If it's not the Premier League, it might even be Division One or lower. But I'd say Scales at the minute. Bazoon is doing well for Ireland as well, but I'd say Scales give him a chance. Scored a cracker there the other night as well for Celtic. And um, then what is it? Are UCD good for the league? I wouldn't say they are to be honest. They're not really like you wouldn't give them a strong team, and there wouldn't be much talk about it as if it is when we play other bleeding Dublin clubs as such. Like 
even like shells like coming in you look forward to playing shells where you don't really look forward to going out to leading ucd to watch them like well you do look going out to watch leading rovers playing but like there wouldn't be that much buzz of, to the game as such if you get me and then are there too many dublin clubs in the league Ooh. It's good to see Dublin clubs in the league and contesting. But I'd say there's too many. It wouldn't be really that good. You like you like you got like a good away trip as well at the end of the day. A nice away trip down the country, a nice bus trip on the old Tiffs' bus. It's a good crack, I have to say now. But um you know yourself, Dublin will always be green and white. And that's me done. That's a wrap. Thanks. I like thanks to the lads for helping me on and um if you haven't tried the old green ribbon yet, I'd advise you to get down to the L4 provinces and have a few points of it because it's fucking amazing. And um, just wait now for the cans to come out or the bottles for the LOA trips. That's the next big one. But anyways, thanks lads for having me on and to all Rovers fans, enjoy the season. A nice mix there, Prof. Kieran Gentleman having his first opener coming up. Yeah, Kieran has only been sort of gone to the games regularly since the pandemic, so it kind of deprived him of options there for his opening day. But they're very ungentlemanlike of him, dropping <laughs> Sean Gannon, I thought. <laughs> Stop, for fuck's sake, bro. Um, I loved Spragsy's one. Spragsy joining in on a bit of banter with the with his little late late show intro because he gave it to us. Uh, I mean, the last the eleventh <laughs> the eleventh hour. They say. Yeah, I enjoyed that intro, although he. He got so caught up in the showmanship, Gary, he, he, he forgot to pick a star in 11. The showmanship, yeah. Great fella, Hill Spragsy. Popped out of nowhere as well. Good hoop, good hoop. Uh, Bobby Best tipping Duffer for a relegation playoff. Hopefully. And do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me because I just don't think he's cut out for management. Don't he, he has the right mentality for it. I have no idea how it's going to go. It's a tough one, isn't it? Be all over the shop. Very hard to call. The first thing he has to do is see out the season. Yeah, that's because it. Not walk away from it. He'll tell you he had reasons for walking away from all those things, but okay, but he needs to see out a complete season. Yeah. Uh, so there we had, in total, we had nine callers to the Tiffany's Hotline, eight debutants, two of them former Rovers players. Yeah. So a good mix. And one absolute flake of a director from a certain sponsor of ours who didn't yeah. even get back to us. So uh, the fees have now risen up and we'll send you an invoice for, um, it's a fine pretty much for not showing up. Uh, so Prof, hits with the stats. There's a mathematician, a different kind of mathematician, and a statistician. Stats The stats, we are still unbeaten against Pats since May 2018. And we're unbeaten in Tata against them since August 2016 in the League Cup. Mm-hmm. So that was the only defeat under Brad's there at Tata to St. Pat's. And this was, of course, one... So the five years since they've won in Tata? Yep. Uh, well, five and a half. This, will be, this was uh, one of the quiz questions, uh, as you recall. It's the first time we won a new trophy, a new competition, since the 2011 Satanta Cup. And I got that one right because I remember it well. I remember thinking when we won it... You made a. There wasn't an issue over. But it was. I remember thinking that it was the first time we'd ever won it in 2011, wasn't it? And yep. We won it again in 2012. Again in 2013. In 2013. So that was our fifth penalty shootout in Tata Stadium. 
So we had we beat Bowes in the 2012 Leinster Senior Cup. We lost the Pats in the 2015 League Cup semi-final. We beat Ilves in Europe. And there was the two Presidents Cup ones, a win and a loss. Uh, Fielder got on to me and said he's caught him bullshit on a stat by Con Murphy. Go on. Because he said, Con said that Owen Doyle made his Robbers debut as a sub, replacing Bradzer. Now, I haven't actually gone back and listened to this, but if what he meant was it was his Tata debut, then that is correct. Oh, okay. First game in Tata, March 2019, 2009 against Sligo. Uh, Owen Doyle did come on as a sub for Brazzer. Fields are calling people out. Um, 2008, last time any defending champions were beaten in the first game of the season. I mentioned that earlier. 2008? Yeah. Wasn't it? One yeah. of the Rovers? An early Alan Murphy volley saw Rovers stun draw at 1 0 United Park. Uh, the last time we played a newly promoted club in our first match of the season, you have to go back to 1999. 4-0 win away to Drogheda Damien Richardson's first game in charge ah. and 17 row Shane Robinson making his debut got a goal good out Robbo last time Rovers opened their league defence with a defeat 1985 what away to Limerick jinx <laughs> fucking jinx I said it last year and it was fine green or equalised thank, thank god Um. Uh, yeah Last player to score a hat trick on Auburn Day, Liam Buckley, 1981, for Roberts. In the league in general, only one player has done it. Got a hat trick, and that was, remember, Rodrigo Tosi for oh, Limerick? Oh, yes, yes. He was yeah. the Brazilian, or Brazilian. He was a Brazilian, yeah. wasn't he? he was only good. Auburn Day hat trick in 20 years. Um, was that against Galway? Uh, might have been, yeah. Been. Remember. Um You've gone 51 games without a scoreless draw in all competitions. Fucking jinx. One more will be the longest, joint longest ever in the Tata era. And then and then I will update you that if that uh, surpasses that one. Most goals ever in the opening round of the Premier Division. So just since 1985. 20. In Let's 1994. We won 3-0 in Cove that night. Fewest ever was 2020, only five goals. All matches were 1 0. That's where Greener scored in Danny Mount. And like we said, the Greener, when he was here, last three opening days, he scored in all, all three of them. Oh, opening days. See the man starts. Got the knack. And a few notes in UCD. We won our last eight meetings with them. They haven't beaten us since 2013 at the ball. Jinx. Uh, they've never beaten the Robbers' first team in Tata. But they did beat their the B team five two a couple of years ago. Colin Wheel and Brace. And uh, they haven't won away against us since December two thousand two. So Jinx again. Jinx again. We've met we've met them twice in opening day, both times at the old Belfield Park. That was nineteen ninety seven, one three nil and two thousand seven nil nil or Baz and Goal. And this was the quiz question again. The front two was Jero and Andy Moyler. Andy Moyler, yeah, I got that one right. That uh, could have been any of the four, though. Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> doing that. I remember doing that thinking, jeez, it's just uh, pissing in the dark here. <laughs> so, yes, we're going on to start 11s and predictions. And, um, yeah, mine's pretty much the same as what I mentioned earlier on, Manus. Grace Pico Gannon. Fruge on the left, Finn on the right, Gary Neil Watts in the middle, 
Bourne, Mandroyu and Gaffney. I'm going to go 4-0. I'm going to say Mandroyu, Brace, Pico, Header, Gaffney and Jack to get a couple of assists. Jack and Watts to get a couple of assists. Uh, I think we're going to concede, fortunately. So I'm going to say a 3-1 win. Gaffney, Brace, Oidemo come off the bench. He'll add a third. I will off the bench at a third. Um, the programme is back, Prof. We've articles from yourself. We've articles from James Lowe. I think we've got the Jason Maloney fella in as well. Robert Goggins. The usual contributors, McDara. Yeah. All brilliant stuff. I'm stepping up this year. I'm doing two articles now. You are that, Prof. What's I've got he a, doing? got a Q&A with a former player every week. It's a very... It's one of those quick fire Q&As. Yeah, easy reading. Toilet reading, as they say. So there's nearly 40. You're good at that. <laughs> so you keep telling me. <laughs> Nearly 40 questions, I'm just firing them at them. Oh, yes, I'm yeah. looking forward to that. So, this week it's uh, Robbie Gaffney, him being a, a college boy. <laughs> college boy! <laughs> <laughs> Won the cup with them in 1984, so I'll shoot in a few UCD questions. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Barney's take? You know, philosopher Barnwell, that uh, he doesn't like starting with the President's Cup, he doesn't like this half friendly, half competitive stuff. I'm, I'm similar. He says it dilutes the buzz for the real game. I think so, yeah, because nobody was really buzzing for that game on Friday. Everybody went out of a sense of loyalty. You know, they're like, oh, we have to mm. go. Community Shield type show. Yeah, no, I, I think I'd agree with When that. the game ended, I thought about what he said, and I, I now I agree with him. Yeah, no, I do. I do as well. Because we're thinking back to those opening league games and the buzz around them. Imagine we had a President's Cup before those. Mm. The buzz is real now. The buzz is happening now. But it's mm. taken away slightly as well because it's UCD. You know what I mean? People yeah. fortunately think like that. They'll think, oh, it's only fucking UCD, isn't it? Uh, UCD, of course, notoriously only have a few fans. Uh, Danny in work uh, says he works the away turnstiles. So he came over to me today and said, Handy oh, one Friday, UCD, only 20 fans. Only 20 fans. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was being generous there, 20. See, they run the bus. I saw that, yeah. I think it's um I think it's a seventh year. So we move on to the season tickets. Three thousand two hundred sold, brilliant number. Very, very good numbers. That's solid. Solid. And the Rovers Our Journey video launched Wednesday evening. This was magic. Magic stuff, wasn't it? Wasn't oh, it brilliant? It was, it was epic. Wasn't it? Absolutely brilliant. It really, really was so good. Um I quite enjoyed the the way they filmed the grounds because me and Kane have done that with a, f- with a few uh, couple of grounds in our documentary so like they actually chose the same person Samantha Liberi we filmed her in Martin Stadium we have, we've actually not gone to the RDS we probably should it reminded me um, of like a Christmas uh, ad you know yeah. that kind of epic uh, vibe to it I thought it, it was cool. absolutely stunning the way it was shot Brilliant. and they got so much into two minutes I couldn't believe how much they got into it. Now montage, but yeah, no, Maya was showing Maya today, and she was delighted looking for herself in the video. Um, oh, see, also in the square, the big screen playing the the Rovers. It's class, deadly. It's class. Just launch it in there, lob it into Tala, lob it into Tala. <laughs> okay. Um, members, email about the. Oh God. And we've run out of time, so uh, keep on hooping. <laughs> Here's the song at the end of the show. <laughs> Members emailed about the Glimmer Suite in 1899 bar access. Unfortunately, it was restricted for uh, a couple of weeks. We won't delve into why until we get an official statement of somebody. But there's 
I think there was a couple of fines for the pitch invasion. There was some seats broken, and I think it was blamed on crossovers from the stands and the south stand being overcrowded so that they've cut off access from the south stand to the east stand to get in at half time for the 15 minutes to neck a point and then go back or a cup of tea and a chat people so are pissed people off people are pissed off but I think I think there's a, a view I, to make the hospitality and the, the match day events a little bit better so we're trying to put on maybe some music and make the bar better and it should have been done on time. It wasn't done on time, so they're going to try. It shouldn't have been announced two days before. The yeah, new yeah. There's a lot of mess going on, so we'll we'll deal with it for the time being. But we're hoping that ultimately it's going to lead to a better match day experience. You're going to have maybe the bar open a little bit later, better choice of drinks, more of an experience, live music, things like that. But I think a little slap on the wrist is what we got regarding the fireworks incidents in Waterford, like the broken seats and the pitch invasion the fines from the council so it it is pretty much a suspended sentence what we're on so I think we, there has to be um, an issue that they're they're gonna it's been well, highlighted it it's was, been highlighted by the match day what do they call the match day organisers or whatever it is that that hasn't been an issue who so. met the council and the Garda and yeah I mean the members bar themselves have come out and said they're extremely unhappy about this and they yeah. want to rectify it but Personally, you've kind of explained it there, but I don't. At the moment, as it is, I don't understand why the crossover is an issue. How many members are we talking about from the south stand 25, 50 who max. want to go into the suite at halftime and have a point? Yeah, we can't be talking about huge numbers. No. Are, are those the people the problem who have been? No, but I think it's causing now, damage and launching flares. Yeah, I no, don't I think, think so. It's either one, it can it can be one or fifty. I think they have to cut it down. And they've identified that crossing over between stands is the issue. And that led to overcrowding in the south. And that's where the damage and the rest of the fines came from. So that's what they've pinpointed that issue as being the problem. To nip that issue in the bud, therefore the the whole problem will stop. That's Ultimately, I, I think is what they're, they're thinking is. I, I 100% sympathise with the members' gut reaction on this. I've only been a member myself now for it'll only be two years coming up. But it just feels like the members are being punished, and we're we want to have. You know, when you pay your six hundred a year, I suppose mm. you want to have your access to the suite and the oh. bar and your car park pass and all that. And yeah, I I understand why Peter are pissed off. So hopefully this is only a temporary situation. Yeah, no, it is temporary, and it will be rectified soon enough. But you're talking about. The, the option to change over to the main stand is there now and that obviously doesn't suit everybody but I think they're trying to make the best of a bad situation so ultimately when you put it in perspective as well we're looking for three in a row on the pitch everything is going really well that is true I think in the grander scheme of things not being able to get a point at half time for 15 minutes isn't the worst thing in the world it's a fantastic thing to be able to moan about yeah we're lo- as opposed on, to- everything else is brilliant Supposed to why aren't we winning things? Yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's a force world problem. It's a force world problem, but it's something that they're trying to fix and make better eventually. So we understand each side of the coin and everybody's frustrations, but I think it's not worth making an issue out of and have a go at people at because it will get better eventually. We're not even gonna talk about the fucking car park. <laughs> Dirty tickets Saturday. Keep an eye on uh socials because it's coming out soon. They're br- announcing the <clears throat> 
Saturday I think they're going to announce the amount of tickets that we get. So if we are playing ball with Derry and Derry playing ball with us and we're all nice to each other, we should be looking at 370, 10% of their capacity, which is yeah. 3,700. So we could be getting 370. If there's tension and strife between the two, we'd be looking at 185 and we would be looking at riots in the Cregan when six buses of Rovers fans turn up looking for tickets. Well, what we're hearing is that every club this season is required to avoid the 10%. Is it the 10 or the 5? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Five, possibly, if they really make a push. I'm not sure. I think that might be the case. But if it is 10, we're, we're 370. Could be looking at bringing about five. There could be a couple of people unhappy. But mm. I was already delving into the, the dirty website. Just having a little look, wondering when the tickets were on sale. That's all. That was another member's issue. What if away tickets are sold now online all the time? That's another membership advantage lost. Yeah. But some people are trying to link that to a direct involvement of our board and backroom staff mm. saying that that's their fault because of the way they treated Derry so there's all sorts of bickering going on but we'll move on Prof it's all positive next we have our fifth anniversary five years Prof I'm actually so five years I'm actually you know what I was only looking at my members card my member ten years in March yeah. we'll be doing the podcast five years in next week next week so it's so next, some anniversaries yeah. coming up Wednesday but Roddy will be the big five year anniversary not long to go and it's out Wednesday not Thursday you're going to have a couple more days to digest this and uh, we'll have a couple more days to get our solicitors in a row and make sure we're not getting sued <laughs> I am going to turn off my phone yep uh, Wednesday and Thursday so any board members who are on the board in 2005 uh you will not get blue ticks. We will possibly, you will not get blue, <laughs> possibly Roddy the litigious type. We'll see what happens. But it's going to be a cracker, so keep an eye out for it on all your socials. And um, that is it for this week, Prof. We are looking forward to being back in Block X. Or we could be in the East End, Prof. We never know. We might see us there. But either way, we'll see you in Tallis Stadium. And keep on hooping. See you.